0: This episode is an interesting one. We have Skylar Stone, who I've known for woo, 10 years, most of my career in comedy. Me and Skylar used to have a uh, Bill and Skylar college night show at the old Laugh Factory on a Tuesday. And Skylar was very much off the wagon then. He, he drank a lot. We got in all sorts of shenanigans. Uh, together. He is an intense man. He is a force of nature. And this episode is interesting because I actually paid him to give me audio clips of him impersonating celebrities while calling actual celebrities. I'm not going to say how he got these actual celebrities' phone numbers, but he got their phone numbers and he would call them up and impersonate different celebrities. So we are going to premiere. One of those clips on this podcast. It is a clip of him, of Skylar impersonating Kirk Douglas, talking to Harrison Ford. Now, Tommy, have you heard it yet? I haven't. You haven't heard it yet. I have not heard it. I don't know if we'll play it after this. We'll probably play it like maybe in the middle of the podcast or something. We'll find a place. But um, if you guys like it, let us know. Let me or Tommy know. Tom at laughfactor.com. Or just DM me on my Instagram and say, "Hey, we want more," and I can get more from Skylar. I spent pretty penny anyway. I love Skylar. He is a, he is a, a unique, one of a kind guy. This is a long interview. I don't know; it might be two parts. Um, but if you like the uh, celebrity impersonation prank phone call, let us know. Let me know, and we'll we'll do more of them. And maybe we'll find like we'll make like a video or like a jib jab or something of them. What do you think, Tommy? We'll figure it out. Yeah, let's make a jib jab. We'll do a jib jab. All right. Thank you. Have fun with Skylar Stone. Bye bye. Hey guys, welcome to the After Laugh. Now I say this a lot of times, but I actually mean it this time. <laughs> Skylar, I'm Skylar Stone. People, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, Skylar. I really we've am. been trying to do this. We've been a, we've been trying to do it, and B, um, I, I've always liked you. I've always liked you. And I don't know why, because
1: I could could see myself. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons not to, yet I find myself figuring out how to like you.
0: But what I mean is there's an alternate universe where we
1: hate each other. Probably. You know what I mean? Probably. Because you were New York me and I was LA. We were both like doing guest stars on real shows and a lot of comics weren't. In our generation, we were like. The first two of the first in our generation to be like working we're just we're actors and yeah Yeah, we were like it's so like people were like, Oh wow, he's been on Sex in the City and he's been on the mentalist. Like we were on like real shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's but you came from New York out here and I'm LA, <laughs> so you would think we'd be like, Who's this fucker? You know what I mean? No, but we man, didn't do that. I,
0: I always I always liked you, man. I always appreciated you you're just People who don't know Scholar Stone definitely Google him. But you are a uh, or Yahoo. Why does Yahoo get thrown aside? You're on a force of nature, and I think you know. There are certain people I look at in my life, and and we've we, we haven't been like close. It's not like we hang out. Although I have been to your house. I think I went to a barbecue. Yep. at your house it was up on Laurel.
1: Yep, I do um, remember that actually. I've
0: always considered you a friend. Uh, and there's been tumultuous moments for both of us in the past. Mm-hmm. Probably ten years we've known each other. Yes, um, we did have a college night. Yep. 2005, 2006. Yep, right about that. And then. one of my favorite... Me- <laughs>
1: oh, boy. <laughs>
0: I don't know if you remember
1: this. because we, like, We're going to do a briefly. preface. I am now sober. Yes. But Bill is traveling to a time in which I wasn't. Yes. So who knows what this story is going to be about.
0: Let's go in the way back machine. Yeah, here we go. Land of the Lost. To the um, land of Molly um, in wasn't, It wasn't that bad, but we were doing a college... And look, particularly when you're a not sober comic... What better time to drink than during and after a show Why not at the laugh factory Why not? Sunset.
1: drinks are free drinks are free you know of you, you can you can say hey make this one strong and they will yeah there's no extra charge you should just tip them and you're around chicks and yeah. you're the energy of the stage is insane when you get off you want to keep that going of course Jack and Coke makers on ice any of that shit's gonna work yeah and
0: I'd like to pretend like maybe have some sort of moral high ground because I'm not much of a drinker but the truth is in my heart, I am, but my constitution is like a seven-year-old kid with the lupus, and so I just I can't <laughs> I can't handle alcohol, like from a constitutional level. In my brain, I'm a fucking Irish Mick who just wants to chug. Anyway, so um, <laughs> but this was when we were doing the college night. I was pretty much on the sober-ish end at the time. Yeah. And this night, you were on a bender. Um, is this the night I got banned? No, it was a different night. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about band but for this, sure. This a, so, you oh. went out one night. It was a great show. It was packed. You went out one night, and for some reason, you were so drunk, you ripped an antenna... Oh, got it. Yes. ...off of someone's car. Yes. And you didn't do it maliciously. You didn't do it because you wanted to sword fight someone. You just were like out of... you. I think you like jumped on the hood, like... And you ripped off the thing. And you went back into... <laughs> The Laugh Factory, oh, <laughs> and you were like, "I'm fucking tired," and you lay down on one of the booths. I did. You lay down, yeah, because it was it was the second show. So this was kind of late. It was probably around midnight. Booth upstairs? Downstairs. Down. Okay. Like right around. The oh entrance, shit! Right like, by that side entrance. Oh shit! And and I was already just like, I just loved you, man. And I these guys saw one of the guys owned the car, and him and his buddies were like that motherfucker ripped off like basically let's get him and it was that moment in um the godfather mm-hmm. where the mafia car drives by and oh yeah, Michael yeah. reaches inside yeah. his jacket like he's got a gun with yeah. the flower guy yeah i basically like stood outside the door where these guys come up and i just fucking puffed up like not tonight you're not, buddy you're not tonight you're not getting in here yeah yeah and i'd done just enough jujitsu at this point that like i had the balls for it but these guys wanted to fight you. And I remember you were Thank like sleeping you. <laughs> like a fucking baby. Oh my <laughs> you might've been still holding the antenna. I don't remember, <laughs> but th- that's so weird, but that's like a fond memory. That's one of my many. Fond Jamie was very memories. upset about
1: that night because Jamie's wife uh, used to work. At, well, she, I mean, oh, she yeah. still works with the laugh factory. She owns it with him, but, but she was an employee at the time and she was not happy about that because she was managing that night. And rightfully so, you know, she, how she, much did she know? I mean, how much did anyone know about what was going on? Um, Adam Hunter was there. I think he was outside. And so Adam, I don't, you know, people just start talking. I mean, I'm not I'm not mad at Adam because I, I suppose if I was outside a club and saw Adam do that, I might walk in and go, yo, Daz, did you hear about Adam Hunter? <laughs> so, like, you know, other comics had walked in. I think Scalero, a couple people had just walked in and gone – Uh, anybody want to talk about what Skyler just did? Like, cause you know, (laughs) the outside of the laugh factory, depending on the night, if it's a hot night, that outside area can become quite a hub, you know, Mm -hmm. in between shows, after shows. And there were people out there. This was not like done under the radar. Like it was like a, it was, I mean, you know, I think we used to do college night. This must've been either Tuesday or Thursday Tuesday 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 was a hot
0: night for comedy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was nuts, man. Yeah. That was, um. But that's not as bad as the blackout one. The blackout, were you there that night for the blackout? No, I want to kind of Tarantino this interview oh, yeah, a little yeah, yeah. bit because
0: uh, one of the things, as much as I... So do you, does that mean you want to massage my feet? <laughs> or you, you want to Quentin say the N word a lot? Has a, has a, <laughs> a foot fetish. If uh, People didn't know that. Yeah, or
1: does that mean you want to play like rare tracks from the 70s? It, and, did you see Once Upon a Time Hollywood, by I the way? I did.
0: Uh It's obviously very clear in his movies that he has certain weird personal issues he wants to work out in his films. For sure. One of these, obviously, like, he hates women because I get that you want to kill the women who are responsible for these murders, but the the way that the women were murdered in this movie, it it was done with such weird, unabandoned glee. I'm like, you really just want to kill some fucking woman and beat her to death, don't you? I
1: I just, I guess I don't see, as someone that's, um, I've had people murdered in my life. My best friend's dad was murdered. I've had people beaten to death or beaten almost to death. I've seen so much violence and stuff, and it's been by men and women that I guess I just don't see, you don't see it that way. I don't see okay. gender. Yeah,
0: that's probably that but, but, but I, I do agree women.
1: that you that he has a thing against women. I just don't know that I feel like it sucks that they happen to be women in this movie because it feels like same more the same of how much Tarantino can get angry towards women. To me, this is more like dude, this it's 69. That's what th- there was a line drawn in the sand. It was a time of innocence and then that happened and it just fucking changed afterward. There's a line Hunter S. Thompson wrote that's in um uh fear, fear and Loathing, and loathing in Las Vegas, where he—I'm going to butcher this, so I don't want anyone tweeting me going, "This not the line," but it's something <laughs> like he said. Johnny Depp's voice says it, it says it in Fear and Loathing, and he just says something about, um, you know, if you go out to the coast of California, you can see uh, the mountains by the coastal line, and you can see where the waves got pushed up as we pushed everything against it with all of our might, and you can see where they crashed and turned back and receded. I—I I mean, dude, that line to me because that's what people were trying so hard to fight so many things. And there look, so many things did happen. There were a lot of great things that happened, but they didn't get as far as they said they were going to get. You know what of I course, mean? Like look at us look at us now. We're that voting in Trump. In that shell. Like, yeah, exactly. So, my point is what I loved about that movie, and unfortunately Tarantino movies have so much attention upon them that sometimes the meaning can get thrown out because there's so much attention on how many people you got in the cast what's on the soundtrack mm-hmm. which fucking girl do you want to fuck in it which like there's you so much you miss the forest because of the, or you miss the trees because of the forest yes and so like when I watched that movie what I saw was he's so he's looking back I'll tell you this it, it, he, he may have believed in some of the things that the hippies wanted, but he sure as fuck. I don't think he, Tarantino liked hippies, and so I think he kind of liked old Hollywood. He felt like old Hollywood got shit on because the hippies came along and took all this attention, and then look, a couple bad eggs ruined the message in the first place, and then all of a sudden, you know, I I, I loved that it was a meditation on. What if these fuckers went to the wrong house and fucked with the yeah. wrong person?
0: That's his new mojo—is like an alternate universe
1: mojo. Yeah, he's been doing that a minute now. Yeah, he loves revenge. Post Kill Bill, yeah. it's been revenge. Well, I guess it's there's revenge in Pulp Fiction. But he and- just do, like Inglorious Bastards, like, yeah. Kill Hitler, this, kill Manson, and what, Django and Inglorious almost seemed a little too like let's do this again, but with black people. Like <laughs> they felt a little similar. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But because um, um, I, I was like, what's the third one going to be? The Armenian genocide. <laughs> Like he exactly. Did like, Let's he cover did like every... slavery and and <laughs> holocaust.
0: Like, hey, that'd be a good one actually. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to Tarantino this, and we're going to go back to Little Skylar because you know, as much as I know about you, mm-hmm. and we're erstwhile friends, I don't really know. Look, even if we were to hang out, I'm not going to be like. Tell me about your childhood. That's one of the cool things about a podcast. Yeah, I get you to can't, like, yeah. because I don't know much about you. I mean, we look like we could be brothers. Yeah, for sure. But I have no idea, sort of. Well, like, I th- by the way, I
1: th- Jay, so Jay Moore just did his uh, TV taping, and I don't know if you've already said this on your podcast, but me and Bill opened for him. Um, I'm a longtime <laughs> friend of Jay's, and so is um, uh, Bill's. And it's right when he did it, I'm like, oh my God, dude, the three of us, we, w- we could be Nazis in a movie <laughs> yeah. very easily. Yeah. The like, three
0: of us would never be cast in a sitcom together.
1: No, no. In 2019. No, no, That's no. Funny. Not right now. <laughs>
0: 15 years ago, shit, man. Like, Look at the brothers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, where are you from originally? I don't even know. St. Louis, Missouri. Ah, oh, I did not know that. A I great town. Is it a great town?
1: Yes, and you know, I've I there's been a lot of comics that shit on it. I think it's because there's there's only two clubs there. There's there's Helium and there's. Uh, there was a funny bone at Westport. I don't know if that's still there or not. But I, I believe where they put comics up. Where you put comics up really make one. It really affects whether or not a comedy condo or hotel. Well, it, what either one. But my point is, uh, location matters because, you know, the first time I went to Pittsburgh, I did uh, Jeff Schneider's room at the Funny Bone, which I think is gone now. And he puts you up at a motel that's very close, and then you walk to the gig. You're like you literally walk to the to your to your sh- to your shows. And I know some comics. Oh, it's great, man! You're at this hotel and you just walk to it. I don't like. I, I want to. I want to be in a different area than where the club is. Yeah. And I want someone that picks me up so that on the way there, I got a local one. Now, hey, man, if you want to a to Italian place, yeah. okay. I want to see the city. Yeah. So I left Pittsburgh going, Pittsburgh fucking sucks. And then, like, Steve Byrne and a bunch of people were like, dude, no, it's great. <laughs> and so I went back a second time, and I purposely stayed somewhere else, and I fucking fell in love with it. Yeah, of course. A lot of people in St. Louis go there. They do stand up, and they don't realize that St. Louis, like – Dude, you are going to have some of the best pizza of your life. It's different pizza. It's not deep dish like Chicago, which is fucking amazing. It's not a Sliceville like fucking New York. It's thin crust, and it's made with pro, pro, uh, Provel cheese. It's called Emo's. Provel cheese? Yeah, dude. I've never heard of Provel cheese. And neither had I until I was old enough to go, when people were like, why is Emo's taste different? And I had to look it up and go, oh, it's got Provel cheese on it.
0: And it's different than Provolone?
1: And it, it is different. Yeah. Yeah, it is different.
0: I've never heard of that. That's interesting. So, um... Say, uh, Look, all anyone knows is the arch. By the way, I should, I should preface by saying that a lot of people know this, but comedy condos, they don't really exist anymore the way they used to. Right. But a lot of club owners, instead of spending money in a hotel, they would either buy or rent a condo. Yeah. And comics were just a rotation of comics coming in. Now, during the 80s and 90s, comics were the worst disgusting pigs ever. Oh, yeah, because they're not now. <laughs> no, we've cleaned up the rack.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, but during the 80s and 90s, it was probably worse. Sure, it was worse, but it was... Sorry, I was turning this off. Um, it, it, it was worse than maybe like, I feel like there was more drug use in the 80s. Yeah, more drug use. I feel use. like there's a lot of, like, some of the biggest names in comedy don't do anything now. Crazy. You know, Straight like, Dalia does nothing. Dang. Ian Edwards Joe does Coy. nothing. Joe Boy, yeah.
0: Wait, who else did you say? Dane Cook, Joe Dane Coy. Coy. Wait, Joe Coy doesn't drink? Doesn't
1: do anything, yeah. He didn't drink? He might now. I think he might I, I, mean, I do not drink know. at all. You know, like uh, so many guys don't fucking do it. Bobby Lee, I think you already said that. Yeah. Um, Either
0: they're sober or they're just they've been straight age forever. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's really amazing. But but comedy condo. So and then like the club manager would be the one cleaning it. So you'd sleep in sheets that were a little crusty. Just everything was just gross. the
1: idea. Like, uh, dude, most comics' goal, if they're single, and some guys that are married, is to fucking get laid after a show. Yeah. And so you're staying in a condo. It, like, it's gotta be weird to just like you know check in and like you you you're like, who had line here last weekend? And they tell you are like, <laughs> are you? I'm not sleeping in. Give this Give me bed. the blue light. Give me yeah, the blue light. Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. So okay. So St. Louis, and now St. Louis is a pretty urban. Did you grow up in, like, urban schools? And by urban, I mean black.
1: Um, no, it's not ur- – well, I mean, again, so, you know, there's there's that – everybody, like, you know, if you were to do caricature drawings of every city, right, like, you know, Philadelphia might have a, a Philly cheesesteak and New York's got the Big Apple, right? Like, St. Louis has the arch or whatever. Like, there's certain things they're known for. But it's just like when you come here, it's like – yeah, everyone wants to go see the Hollywood sign when they come here. But that's not what any. when's the last time you said, hey, you want to go to the Hollywood sign today? <laughs> yeah, of like, so, like, whatever you think St. Louis is, it's not necessarily that to the local, you know what I mean? And I'm applying that to the urban thing, too, because Ferguson, uh, the Ferguson riots, and, like, the stories of East St. Louis and, like – and Nelly, you know, coming from there has made people think that, like – and also we are, like, always in the top – Five or seven of murder. Murdered, capital, oh yeah. my god. America, it's yeah. it's terrible. It's one of the reasons
0: we moved. At some point um, you were you were number one, kind of in the eighties or nineties, right? I think uh, I you could
1: that. I don't know about number one. I don't know that anyone's ever beat like Baltimore, Detroit, New Orleans, yeah. you know, Washington, D.C. Well, yeah,
0: when I was a kid, DC was number one. Oh, not to D.C. Brag. Yeah, dude.
1: Oh my back, Who was that crack mayor you guys had? <laughs> Marion Barry. Marion Barry, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean St. Louis, um, East St. Louis is very dangerous. That's, there's a river that divides Illinois and Missouri. Uh, I'm sure most people know that, but, uh, and on the other side of the river, I mean, it's literally the other side, you know, when people say, ah, the wrong side of town, that's East St. Louis. That's a, that is, that is, that has never really cleaned itself up. Um, downtown St. Louis has been dangerous many years. Uh, but when you live out in the suburbs, it's again, St. Louis is literally, it's, uh, it's a weird city. There's, um, there's old money mm-hmm. there, and there's old racism. It's not. Sure. It's, it's like it's it's such a weird racism. It's not a modern racism. It literally feels like like they like, like plantation I, racism. That's what I'm talking about. There's older women that you know, like you know, seem like the sweetest ladies ever. Hello, how are you? you say, oh, could you help me in here? There's a brother over there. I don't want to walk that way. And they say it like like that's. You, you're just supposed to talk of that course, way and you're looking at her like did she just fucking and so there's old racism there and, and oh the old money there is insane it's like these are people that just wake up and print money doing nothing they mm-hmm. they're ju- they just own oil reserves or are a member of the Anheuser-Busch family like they, there's just there's a lot of money Ralston Purina is based there uh, Anheuser-Busch um, uh, I think Heath Candy Bars and Payday Candy Bars all kind of, there's so many big old school companies yeah. there you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, who's buying payday candy bars except the <laughs> fucking 65-year-old woman? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And uh, and so when you were
0: going through school, was it or public schools? Was it sort of Public
1: like- school. Um, there were, uh, but, there, you know, um, I guess this is kind of top, topical with uh, Kamala Harris and everybody talking about- um, Oh, there was busing. Going there was on. a lot of busing going on. And so there were um, a lot of inner city youth bus to our schools, and I was really into rap and not because i wanted to impress a black kid or anything it was my dad liked rap really my dude my dad you would if you saw him like he he just looks like a really friendly you know half bald you know he's got a beard he's a white guy but he's he is a eclectic hip motherfucker. I was raised by the hippies, dude. In our house, like on a Friday night, and my mom and dad or my dad uh, made sushi in the eighties. This is when sushi were they former wasn't...
0: hippies, your parents? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah.
1: My my dad, like he uh, he, my he, like nobody was talking about sushi in St. Louis in the eighties. Of course not. Yeah, nobody. And people were barely talking about sushi in the eighties <laughs> in L.A. Like, yeah, it was a very like esoteric thing to eat or even know about. And like my dad was like making these hand rolls and shit. <laughs> And we loved it. So we'd eat, eat these hand rolls on Friday night. My parents would blast music: Aretha Franklin, Talking Heads, The Police, Ice tea Ice Cube. Like, so I grew up like my dad was like just with cool parents, which dude. Was- they were cool as fuck. Like we had like uh, Joel and Trent, my best friends, these twins would come over because his parents, his dad worked for the Boy Scouts and his mom was a, a nurse and they were um, methodists and went to church seven days a week. So they would come over and go you. are Dad has an ice cube album, like you know, like they'd bring over like packs of like garbage pail kids and go, dude, I can't open these in my dad's house. Can we open them here, my dad's like, yeah, let's open them. Like we'd open garbage. Did you know that your parents were cool when you were young? It it became evident later. You're
0: like, oh my
1: god, it's become more evident over time. Yeah, um, especially because now I'm a cool parent, and so many. my kids' friends have relationships with me. I have kids that text me all day, (laughs) all day. Cruise, fucking all these kids. Uh, Jeremy, my, my my son's best friends, and my my, my son will be like, dude, Cruz hasn't even texted me today. How many times has he texted me? Like, oh, dude, we were going back and forth for like an hour earlier. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so like now I know that they were cool because I see the kids flocking to me too. Because, look, I don't let them say anything they want, but I, I, I'll be, hey, dude, yeah. you want to say something? Like, hey, I get it, you're gonna say it anyway around the corner, so yeah. might as well say it in front. I'm a comic, I mean, you you know how it is. Of course, yeah. I'm sure you're the same way with your daughter. Like, are, are you?
0: Uh, it's a little bit different with my daughter cause my daughter is very woke. I mean, she's woke AF, right? Mm-hmm. So she's at Berkeley. So <laughs> she does not like my brand of quote, quote, brand of comedy. Yeah, yeah. She thinks it's mean. And we get, we have very spirited debates about the status and she, and look, if I was on a, if I was on a date with a woman my age and yeah. she were to talk to me the way my daughter was, I'd be like, Shut the fuck up! Pay the bill. I'm out of here. You yeah. suck. Yeah, but it's my daughter, so I go. I have to listen, and yeah. I have to learn. And my I've learned more about women, ironically, from my daughter just teaching me. Like, oh, it goes that way. Yeah, what a pig I am than probably anyone I've ever dated. So um, that sounded really fucking weird, and all, but no, I get then, it. You know, so um, and you were an only
1: kid, or you? No, I was, got two sisters, and like you know, and I I don't I don't know if. I don't know if my older sister knows how hip they are. Were you the youngest? I'm the middle child. Middle, okay. Come on, I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> are are both your sisters, or they also like have tons of energy? Like you? No, no, they're nothing like me. I mean, to the point where they don't like me because they just don't even, we don't, have, we barely have anything in common. <laughs> what do we talk about? Huh? They're so fucking mean to me. <laughs> like they, both of them, they're like literally I try at this point, I give up. They're just so fucking mean. Both yeah. of, They're so fucking mean. Uh, especially the little one. She is just like, she sent me an email two years ago and says, you have the darkest soul of anyone I've ever met. And it's like, that's, that's not, that's just not true. Then, then yeah. you don't know that many people. Cause like, I'm, I'm very giving and yeah. like, all I do is try and help people. And like, I, I spend a lot of my day helping people, you know what I mean? And like, and I've done a lot of work on myself and I, and I, you'll it's so rare that you'll ever tell me that i did something wrong where i'll say no i didn't yeah i almost always go i own i am the king of owning shit yeah i so like i don't know where she gets that but she, you know i always feel like she's been jealous you know, I've gotten a lot of attention from my parents over the years, in good times and bad. Meaning, like, I've had a lot of great successes. Like, it was a big deal when my in my family that I had my own show on Comedy Central. They all flew out here, and she of was course. out here too, and a huge premiere. And my grandpa's there. There was fucking it's it CineSpace back when that place mattered. You know, like there was food everywhere, and like fucking they had my face on a cake, and so like it was a big fucking party. You know what I mean? And I just think. I, I, she acted like she was happy for me during those times, but I, I always felt like just a sense a festering of festering jealousy. She doesn't want to be, do what I want to do, but I just think it was a jealousy that like, I, I got to where I want it to. And I yeah. don't know that she did yeah. career wise. Sure. She's done fantastic things with her family and, and, and she, she, I believe she's a good person and I've seen her do good things and, and I do love her. And if something happened her, I'd be devastated, but like I, we just can't click. We can't fucking click. It's the craziest thing. Wow. You know, she has so much. She says that she remembers things that I don't remember. And it's like, then from childhood. And, like and then early? when I asked what they are, she won't tell me. Does she think you molested her? No, like God, that? no, 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 no. <laughs> um, it, it Not at all. It, it, she, she just doesn't, she, she literally she, just things that she saw me do to people and ways I tortured my parents. And, huh. but what's so funny is it's mostly about what she saw me do to other people. And, when she has said the few people that she remembers it, those are people I've done my amends with and we're good. Yeah. So what the fuck do you yeah, care? That's, obviously, that's called a little thing called resentment. Yeah, you know that's a mean? her issue that obviously she's got to deal with. But, you know, like we we grew up, you know, we had a fun childhood. Um, You know, we, we did really fun stuff. My parents were, were really fun and hip. And like I said, kids would come over and go, your parents are so funny. My mom is an impressionist, uh, an unpaid what? impressionist. Yeah. Like, like who she, would she do? Uh, no one that you know you know what I mean just like like she would just be like you know oh I went down the street to, and I talked to Marsha and and Becky and then she'd start doing them and like we would just look at my mom like mom that's exactly what they sound like Like Maria Bamford and then I'm on the phone with Debbie and Debbie goes and then she would do all these voices and so you know I didn't know this but my mom was doing a Miyagi she was having me paint the (laughs) fence and she was having me wash the car because I was learning how to do impressions and I had no idea I was even learning do you remember your first impression? Like, of a celebrity or just a first impression of a person? Either one. Just a, a moment. Because um, obviously,
0: because people don't know scholar, Oh, my mom. My mom. Is one of is one of his, I mean, look, anyone, I've always said this, anyone can be a comic in the sense that anyone can go up on stage and talk into a microphone with jokes that are written. And I'm not saying they're going to be great, but anyone can do it. But very few people can do impressions. I think it's a true, true talent when you can actually do a voice where you get the hair in the back of the next day, like, oh, that's fucking weird. And for me, like your Vince Vaughn, your Michael Douglas are are pretty uncanny over the years. Um, So
1: your first impression was your mom. My mom, because my mom, um, um, she is the queen of politeness. Yeah, you know, like um, she hasn't always been polite. To me, you know, like we, we've, we, my mom and, and I have gone back and forth. Like we've been the best of friends and the worst of friends. We're in kind of a weird gray zone right now, but it's not too bad. Uh, I mean, I talked to her today, but it's just it's something, something, you know. Honestly, you know what it was? A few weeks ago, I was on the phone with her. I called her. Uh, it was Labor Day weekend, or maybe the weekend before, or some shit. My sister, when I just told you about the little one, was out here. And didn't tell, like, I have a wife, and I have four kids, so that means my sister has a sister-in-law, and, she, and has, she has nieces and nephews. Yes, so, you know, and she has one kid, and she's out here with her one kid and her husband, and... You're four better than her, but that does, that's not the point. The I mean, what? <laughs> you're four <laughs> times better so than her. So she's out here. She gave us, no. we had no idea she was here. She didn't tell us she was coming. And she reached out to my wife. And the only reason she did was she texted my wife and she said, What did she say in the text? She said, like, um, oh, hey. She's like, "Um, Hey, Nicole. And and see, again, my mom and my sister are like, they're so good at being polite to everybody in my life <laughs> to the point where when, when I complain, people are like, well, I mean, I don't, they seem so nice. I mean, yeah, to you. <laughs> my wife's seen it now. Trust me. She's read enough emails and texts now that I've got where she's like, oh, wow. early on, she, she, my wife was like, I, what do you mean? They're just so – every time I see them, they're just like hugging me. And like I'm like, yeah, I, oh, I know. I see it. I notice it. So she texted my, my, my wife, and she goes, you know, oh, my gosh. She goes, I, long story, but we're out here in L.A. Damnedest thing, you know um, – there was a mountain lion up in our area. We we're renting an Airbnb in the, Panga Canyon, and she says something like, you know, um, I'd love to see you. Um, uh, You know, uh, I I saw on your Instagram that you're out of town because we were camping. We're RV. We pulled a fucking Griswold, rented an RV. By the way, I will never do that again. So bring that up again (laughs) later in the podcast. I have an RV story that'll fucking beat everybody's RV stories. Oh my God! Don't rent an RV. Um, And so uh, it's not as easy as it looks. It's a lot of fucking work. Does this involve shit? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It involves a lot of things. Any good RV story involves some former feces yeah or coming on someone's face you know what i mean what? Uh, yeah just kidding i don't know why i said that <laughs> um but um so um she says uh we had a, a, an incident with a mountain lion and uh anyway i'm freaked out and so we're leaving um she, and she so she knew we were out of town so she just i think she it seemed like she was hinting she's like would you know of a good like hotel or airbnb in the area that we could stay and like you know we, my my wife goes, I don't know. I mean, like, she's asking for a place to stay. stay. You live she here. She knows we're gone. It seemed like she wanted to like stay at our, our pad, you know? Yeah, yeah. And my wife was like, you know, um, She was, I'm just so uncomfortable that she didn't tell us she was coming. She was, and also like, why is she not reaching out to you or her? Like, I love talking to her, but like, why isn't it a group text? Why aren't we, why, why is she texting both of us? I go, because we haven't talked in two two years since she wrote me an email saying I'm the darkest soul in the world. Apparently it's not too dark though. You can talk to my wife and ask us where to (laughs) stay and stuff. And so anyway, so what ended up happening was I called my mom and I go, mom, and then I swear to God, dude, I totally programmed this. I go, I got to tell you, mom, I go. I'm really hurt right now, but I'm trying to work through it and I'm not going to react. But like, I'm really upset. I go, Lindsay is like, she's reaching out to my wife and like, we didn't even know she was out here. And she was, oh, well, you know, and my mom's trying to be like queen of politeness. So this is my first impression. My mom talks like that. She goes, well, she sounds like a, a, like a sex operator. She has the breathy voice. Very breathy voice. Well, Skylar, you guys aren't exactly getting along right now and you know the thing is and i go you know what mom and she didn't like this and i go you know what sucks about our family because right now the three of us don't talk me my older sister my younger sister, none of us talk i go do you know when this family is going to reunite because I've been, I've been begging my parents forever to reach out to them and just because i'll do if they need an amends on something that i haven't that i don't know about yet i'll do it like what's funny is like i'm i'm like if they they don't have a good they, they couldn't look to anyone and go well you know skylar he won't he won't own up to it. no i yeah. i'm down what do you want me to own up to do you want a hug Do you want a letter? Do you want me to go volunteer somewhere? Do you want me to make a donation somewhere? Do you want me to visit you and just like not have it be about work and just hang out and you and I fall back in love as siblings? Tell me what to do and I'll fucking do it. They won't do it though. And so I said to my mom, I go, you know what's sad? We're going to reunite as a family of four. She goes, what's that supposed to mean? I go, one of us is going to die and that's how we're going to reunite. We're going to reunite when we're family. I go, and how sad is that mom? And she goes, Skylar? I don't want to talk to you about this. This has nothing to do with me. Goodbye. And like hangs up on me. You know what I mean? She was setting a boundary. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then I find out through other people that she like, you know, she that really hurt her that you said that. I'm like, that that I said the truth? Yeah, exactly. fucking So anyway, so um, how did I get on that? Because um, we were talking about
0: little Skylar. And so little Skylar has got to, got to deal with his, uh, his siblings at some point.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: You know? So, um, but I, I do want to get to like sort of how you kind of, Got into comedy and how you sort of created yourself. Uh, when I was in New York before I knew you, I saw Cond. And can people still see Con somewhere? It's just Cam- Con,
1: C O N. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, I'd I, see that bullshit. But I saw you saw know this what? thing
0: called Cond. Let me tell you how good this was. No, <laughs> no you want to know Con. why you thought
1: that? Because it was like punked. So people always think, oh, like punked, there it is. No, like I punked. saw
0: Con and I remember going. I think the first episode of it I saw, I think it was one of those things like, you know, it's like someone kind of around your age doing something really cool who kind of looks like you where you go into it going, uh, fuck this guy. And by then it I was like, this dude's a genius. Like your ability Pace, to get people. The one that I really responded to, and this probably speaks volumes about who I am as a human, was the one where you had, I, I think, models come over and they basically cleaned your... Yeah. Your house for a photo. What was what was the premise of that again? How so, the, the first cons- of all, let's back up a little bit. And let's how did Khan come
1: about? Okay, so Khan came about because, um, well, for being totally real, it's it, at a young age, dude. Khan came about not as a TV concept; it was just a lifestyle for a long time, yeah. and then someone would you were the guy
0: who just got into rooms got into stadiums got into concerts and just did find oh no you gotta go back
1: further bro you gotta go back to like second grade Mrs. Senden would send (laughs) me to the black chairs at Hannah Woods Elementary black chairs were these leather chairs outside Miss Osterloh's office the principal and I would get sent there to just sit there and like you had to sit there and wait for and I'm I'm not kidding you can maybe find a picture on the internet Miss Osterloh literally was a was a like a principal with a huge wart with a couple hairs on it like literally (laughs) like like, like a, a Christmas story character that you know what I mean like a, just an old person like you know mean fucking hitting a ruler on the table like oh she was the worst dude she's I have so much PTSD from her um <laughs> a lot of that came and you were just in trouble because you were ADD and just couldn't like yeah dude, a- dude ADD in the 80s was nuts ADHD <laughs> because like you were put on early forms of Ritalin I was an example in a Book, dude. Like, there were people, really, oh, yes, there were not my name, but like, there were these people. I, my parents somehow signed away. I, they must have had them sign something because I was followed for a few days and they took notes on me in like some sort of a manual for like professors and shit. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a fucking lab rat. And I was given these early forms of well butrin and, and Ritalin and, and all sorts of pills that were basically a form of meth, you know. Of course. And so, you know, um, it, it was a weird time. Um, and so I was in, I would get sent down. There and you sit in these leather chairs, you wait for Miss O Solo to come get you, and you have to sit there it felt like hours. And then finally she'd grab you and she'd have you come in and you'd have to talk to her, and then um, whatever you did, you had to call your parents and tell them. Wow. Well, this is the eighties, so there's no cell phones. So the cool thing about that is mom's out running errands and dad works downtown and we live in West County, so yeah. he ain't nowhere near the fucking phone. And, and I maybe is she. The, there's no answer machine at this point, too, maybe. Well, there is, but check this shit out. So do we have to wait for the siren or uh the siren
0: doesn't really pick up, but this is pretty intense. so Does this happen a lot? Yeah, it's part of the charm. You're like, bro, I live in Hollywood. Sometimes the neighbor will come by and bring cookies, and you'll hear some like,
1: yeah, and then when my dad died, oh, thanks for the cookies. Just weird <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, so then uh, this guy came on my face, and oh, is this oatmeal raisin? <laughs> um, so, um, that's the second time I'm talking about come on I face. know, I we got to unpack right that maybe. Yeah, we need to figure that one out. <laughs> so I'd sit there, and um, you'd, you'd get called in, and then you'd get the call, and so um, – I got sick of getting in trouble because I'd leave these messages and my mom would hear them and then I'd get in trouble. So, my parents, uh, it was hip in the 80s, if you remember this, to get um, the kids got their own line. Do you remember that shit? No. You don't remember like family lines and then kids get like their second line? No, Mister Fancy Pants. I, I guess so, dude. So we had this number two two five oh five seven five, and then we also had two two five eight eight five two. Oh, and so uh, call those numbers in Saint Louis three one four. See what happens. See if, if someone has them now. Can you imagine if someone called it? It's still my number from the eighties. Enough
0: of these phone calls.
1: <laughs> so, um, um, I just got hip, and so when. Um, one time, um, it, like when we got it, we got really excited. We fought over whose voice is gonna be on it. So like Lindsay got it for a while, and so Lindsay's like, "Hi, you reached the kids at Klippner's house. Leave a message." And then I, I did it for a while, and Lauren did it, and so finally, when the kid, when the sisters went around, I grabbed my dad. I go, "Hey, Dad, do your voice on ours." He goes, "Why would I, No, it's the kids' line. Why would I do that? I "I don't know. It'd just be kind of fun." And he goes, "Okay, okay, but just like you don't need to leave it on." I'm like, "Dad, we're just trying to. We've all done it, so we're just trying to switch it yeah. up." He's like, "Okay, okay, okay." So he, he goes, "Hi, you reached the kids at the Clipper's house," and I hit. Stuff. I go, Dad, I just say you reached the Clippners. He's like, yeah, why? Yeah. I'm like, well, that's our name. I don't want to be called a kid. He's like, and you-, you knew exactly where you're I setting knew up. Exactly what the fuck I was doing. This yeah. is the first con, motherfucker. <laughs> and so he said, hey, you reached Clipner's. Let me message to Beep. So when Mrs. Osterlo, um, would, uh would call, um, she'd say, um, she'd look up the phone line because, and both of our lines were listed in the in the, in the the system. Um, she goes, which line is it? I go, oh, the 5582. And so she'd call it and she'd hear my, his voice and he, she'd leave a message. Hi, this is Miss Osterlo, Mr. Uh, Joe and Julie Klippner. I'm calling you because here's the thing. Uh, today, Skyler, um, well, he said uh, the F word, and uh, when I say the F word, I mean the F-U-C-K word. Excuse my language. He said it twice and then he also pushed a kid and then I'll like, leave a whole message, right? I'd come home, I'd fucking hit, play the message, hit delete, write a fucking way. Like yeah. it just literally bounced off the system and never even happened. <laughs> so that's how it started as like a getting out of trouble necessity. Yeah. And then it you got into Ferris, like
0: Ferris Buellering shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it just got into like, you know, like little my dad was worked in advertising, so he'd get these like invitations to like press screenings and stuff. Like St. Louis press screening. I remember we saw Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure before anybody in St. Louis, which was like
0: And you probably looked just like him back then.
1: Yeah, right. No, yeah, I really yeah. do. And so I went to see it. And I remember when we got there, um my dad had already walked in and I was going back to the bathroom and then some guy just kind of said, you know, um, wait, are, are you the one that was just waiting for the, um, uh, the popcorn and the soda? I go, no, I I didn't buy anything. And he goes, no, no, you guys are, your, your dad's, uh, one of the, um, uh, he works for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and he doesn't, you yeah. know, and I, but I just remember thinking like, Yes, he does work for the Sainless but <laughs> and he handed me like all this free like these concessions. I come in, and my dad goes, "Where'd you get that?" I go, "I don't know, some guy gave it to me." And he goes, oh, "Okay." My, I mean, my dad looked at me like you shouldn't take you know candy from strangers, but all right, let's. <laughs> win in Rome, right? So we opened the goobers, and and I just remember thinking like, "Wait, so if you just say that you're something you're not, things happen for you." Yeah. Like that, like, like wheels were turning, dude. Like it was like
0: Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I just had all these. It was like getting out of trouble, getting free shit. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Who wants? Who does it? Who does it? Yeah. Who
0: wants to? G- and and the moral compass on that is,
1: yeah. Come on, you're a kid. You're having fun. You're a kid. No yeah. harm, no foul. Yeah. Fuck yeah. these people who didn't get their goobers. You know. For a long time, I was your kid, and then I was doing it well into my 20s when you're not a kid. And then I was making thousands of dollars off of it on a television show. Um, And so when I got out here, I was broke. So then it became just like getting by. I wasn't getting in trouble anymore, and I wasn't really trying to have fun. It was just, how do you get by? I used to go to these parties. I live in Culver City, and I just get invited. You, you remember, like, the early parties you go to when you're all broke, and, like, it's just, it's just Friday night. There's a, maybe a pizza there, and, like, there's not even a keg. No one can afford it. Like there's just a couple fucking six-packs, and you just hang out with friends, and maybe there's some weed, and maybe there's some coke. Who knows, right? Um, maybe you're fucking crushing up Molly and having blown up your ass with a straw because you're a fucking addict. Maybe anyway. you're coming on someone's face and again. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, Bill. I'm sorry. Way to go fucking dark. My <laughs> God. Who talks about that? Um, and so um, – I just remember my friend Kelly and Stefan and all these guys would just go, they would just say things like, they would just go, Skylar, how'd you get by today? That was, a, that was a question a lot. And like, and not, it, people were asking that independently. It just became this urban legend of like, what, dude, you got to hear what this guy does in one day. Like, yeah. how did you eat breakfast? How, what did you get out of pain today? And wh- how did you like, and so I tell stories about getting out of parking tickets and not paying for them and how to avoid paying DMV fees, how to get rent for free, how to how to get on a plane without a ticket, just all these things that how to I get on a plane without a ticket. I mean, oh, yeah, never yeah, yeah, I've never heard of that. I've done that wow. multiple times. Um, it's, I even did it after 9 11. I did what? it. What? Yeah, I did it three how, months just, Can 9/11. you just give, us, give me a quick thing how would you do that i mean it's so illegal dude um there's uh there used to be a trick i had with a lost and found that no longer works but there was a lost and found at lax where you had to go through security to get to it you know um Uh and you were usually ushered there but i figured out a way to like not get ushered there and then um uh, it was a matter of once you're in there, like get to a gate now, and then just kind of doing like a walk up and really talk with a lot of confidence to the front, you know, uh, lady uh, to the point where you just keep making them laugh and like making fun of other people that are being rude to them and getting good graces with them. And then once they start ticket tearing and stuff, you know, they're just doing the kind of like a one two move where, um, uh, where you're talking to one of them for long enough. Um, you know, and, and then other people are coming through, and then you keep talking. And then, like, I remember the first time I did it, like, I just started walking. She goes, your ticket, I go, I already gave it to you. It's, it's one of those in there. And then she just, like, <laughs> it just looks at you, like, you know, uh, okay, you know what I mean? And then you just go in. Like, it, it's, it's a you have, to, you have to,
0: I imagine you have to go all the way
1: to the back of the plane and wait for it to fill up before you find your empty seat, though, right? No, just sit down. And then if someone walks up to you and says, you know, you're in my seat, you just move again. Did you ever get busted? No, I'd be in prison.
0: No, but like if it was an oversold flight, they're like, oh, I guess. And you'd have to leave the plane. Nothing like that.
1: Um, No, that never happened. No. But I didn't try it on like Thanksgiving weekend. you're know, yeah, not yeah. an idiot, you know. But you did it after 9-11 too. That's crazy. You couldn't do it now, obviously. I could do it. What? There's nothing I couldn't get in. There's nothing. There's, nothing. There's What's, nothing. What is
0: what is the most impressive thing where you go, I, I will tell you my story that I was impressed by that, um, and it's. Pales in comparison to what you. But I was so impressed with the fact that there was a really hot show on Broadway when I was in school uh, with Nicole Kidman. It's called The Blue Room, and like you couldn't get tickets. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and they were she was naked, and the guy was naked, and you get to see a dong.
1: And love that. So I um. By the way, I love that Nicole Kidman, one of the most beautiful women to ever grace our screens, was naked and something. You're like, do you get to see a dong, dude? <laughs> but you
0: know, and like in New York, it's like that's it's everything's ablaze when there's a dong on stage. But also Nicole Kidman is it. So I went, God, I wanted I always want to, to fuck her. So I would I would I was I would sneak into so many Broadway shows. This was an impossible show, and I looked enough like the guy, even though I was much younger. I said I was the understudy. And I was like, "What?" And they, I go, "Well, you know, says so yeah, got am the new understudy. Get me." So they got me like a chair, like in the like a VIP. This chair. is good, bro. And they gave me like, "Can I get you a coke?" Yeah, just get me like a you know Diet Coke and. and this I just is a good watching. one. But I did a bunch of shit like that in New York, so I was kind yeah. of like in a weird low rent parallel version. So what was the what was the most impressive thing that you feel like you got into that was like badass?
1: Something makes me want to tell you one that I, that was was impressive and then failed. I love that. Okay. Because I, I don't think I've ever told this one on a podcast because I've oh, told great. like a lot of the ones that I've done. Yeah, shit that you haven't said This before. one's weird. This one's like – this one's like it was going good, you know. Um, it's such a silly one. It's so fucking silly. Uh, so Zach Johnson is an incredibly funny actor and improv guy, uh, one of my best friends of all time. Uh, he was my co-star on Con. And the life that me and Zach were living at this time 2004, so, five, mm-hmm. honestly, whatever year, uh, a man apart came out and you'll see why that matters in a second. Amanda, a, what? a man apart. It's a Vin Diesel movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got got um, so, um, the life that we were living at the time was, uh, we're single guys, um, you know, we partied hard. We 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 liked our extra curricular activities, as it were. Um, you know, we slept in late. We were up late. We just fuck it we were we were having fun. Yeah. Like when you watch like a E Hollywood behind like E True Hollywood Story, and there's just always like two guys like they spend the first five minutes going Zach and Skylar were the best of friends, <laughs> but at night demons came. Out. You know, like that was me and Zach, dude. We we yeah. we fought like brothers. We we but we were great friends. So we'd go out. Um, this will just show you that Khan really came. Th- this show developed itself. It wasn't like we sat down one day and said, all right, who's got a show idea? All right, here's one. And nah, I don't like that. What about this one? We didn't just sit there. It was a lifestyle that we were living. Yeah. And enough people kept going, how'd you get by today? What did you exactly do last night? That like, we would look at each other. Like, I'm like, this is a show. Yeah. This is a fucking show, dude. People like these stories. We've got to do this. And so we started to put cameras on it, but this is an example of at this time, Um, We had already shot the pilot. The pilot is done. We're waiting to hear if it's picked up. But we're just bored. We just, like, we would do this shit for fun. Like, you know, people have always, uh, uh, one thing that people have liked to point out, (laughs) I've had a couple friends, because the new version of just conning for fun that I did it back in the day, like, one of the things I do now, do you know that I call celebrities as other celebrities as prank calls you, you know what this yeah I know about that. oh dude i've i've called paula abdul for years on her real phone as owen wilson it's like a party <laughs> trick and like i'll tell her to shut the fuck up we'll put on speaker and she's you know she's always fucked up on pills and she i just talk to her and i say weird shit oh I mean, so
0: not like a voicemail you'll have converse full-on conversation. conversations conversations
1: I love that. And then I get, it's so exhilarating. It is such a fucking high to do that, that I do it by myself. <laughs> and so people are like, you know, Skyler just pranks by him. Like just for his, like, so how many, how many have you, have you, have you pranked? and uh, You've done this and you've had actual conversations with bro. I've called Harrison Ford on his cell phone number as Vince Vaughn twice. And as Michael Douglas, at least 15 times. Have you
0: recorded these?
1: Yes, I can play you one. Oh, please. Yeah, I have real recordings of these. Yeah, I've uh. been collecting them. I've called uh, Harrison Ford as Shia LaBeouf. I've called, so Governor Schwarzenegger in 2007, um, I scored, I went to my buddy's office at UTA. I will not say his name. But he he was an assistant to a very major agent there, and um, I go, dude, give me some numbers. He's like, I'm not gonna give you numbers, but I will look over here while you look at my computer and take any numbers you want. <laughs> and so he did something, and I grabbed a bunch. Of, I got, dude, the the phone numbers that I stole in that moment: Warren Beatty's <laughs> home phone number, um, Sylvester Stallone's home and cell, um, uh, uh, G- Governor Schwarzenegger's red like like his bat phone at the Sacramento office, like, like not the one that's available to the public. Like you're going to get the guy behind the guy. And if you say the right thing, you're getting to the governor. Yes. And so, um, we were shooting this pilot and <laughs> this is really funny. I've never told this story on a podcast. All right. So we were shooting this pilot and, uh, it was called Skyler's revolution. It was for Fox. And, um, One of the reasons that Johnny Davis at Fox bought this show was uh, he had heard about these phone calls. These phone calls were like becoming urban legends. The way that Johnny Knoxville back in the day... How
0: how would would it get
1: spread? Would the celebrities be like, you know, I talked to Vince and then... No, no, no. Surprisingly none of I've never gotten busted I, I actually I called Ashton Kutcher once as Owen Wilson and he just went like this he went <laughs> did he know it was you at that point no no no, no. He, goes, he goes this is Owen Wilson what's Gaio's baby's name and Gaio is Gaio Siri he's a legend in Hollywood he's Madonna's manager for you know 20 plus years and he's he's a he's practically a billionaire he's a very yeah. famous person well apparently Owen Wilson and him know Gaio very well together because like, he's challenging me and I'm like god Gaio's baby name um Man, if you would ask me like three weeks ago, I feel like I know that, but like now I don't. Like and he goes, all right, well, cool. This is an Owen Wilson. Goodbye. And he hung up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but other than Touché, that. Ashton. Well, he yeah. he is the one who would bust you, by the way. Of course. No, the, what happened is I'd go to a lot of meetings, generals. Uh, for those of you out that don't know what a general is, a general is when your agent or your manager sets you up to meet with a casting executive or a development executive, a studio exec, you know, uh just not it's not an audition for anything per se. It's just like, hey, get to know me, let me make you laugh for 20 minutes, and now I'm on your radar, right? So I'd go to a lot of generals and people be like, what are you up to? And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm not really working a well lot right now, but let me tell you about some of these phone calls I've been doing. And they'd be like, what? And then i pull my phone out of my laptop and play, play them for them. them. And they would lose their shit. they go, send that to me and I'd go, nope, I can't. And I did that for two reasons. Number one, I don't want it getting around and then all of a sudden i get caught. Yeah. And number two, if you can't have it, you want, want more from more. me. Yeah. And that was my trick. That was my fucking trick to make you go, fucking, this kid, like, I, I work at Fox. What do you mean you won't give this to me? And yeah. it, it worked. They've offered me a fucking show. And within two weeks after I played him, those phone calls, he was like, you know, they gave me my own show. I can't even, dude, if I told you what I got paid to do that, oh, my, I'll tell you out the mic. And so they gave me my own show. Uh, McG produced it. Uh, Warner Brothers TV wow. produced it. And um, I got to bring everybody that I wanted on it. I got Ahmed Ahmed on that. I got this girl, Jessica Coakley on it. I got Zach Johnson on it. Matt Wheeler. Uh, Jesse Hyman, um, you know Jesse Hyman, the that world's most famous familiar. extra. He was at that barbecue at my house. You know that little <laughs> short cherubic guy? He's got like a pale face and like red yeah. blotchy skin, and he he's huge hair out to here. He's he's been an extra. And what year was this? Whatever year you came to that barbecue at Fairholm, probably. No, but what year was the the pilot? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. So it was after Con. Yeah, it was. Okay. So I just started doing all these um these calls and stuff and so um I, I got really known for them. Um and so we were shooting this pilot and so since Johnny had heard all these calls, he's like, "Hey man, the pilot had nothing to do with prank phone calls. It was a prank show, but it had nothing like he wanted to shoehorn them in because he he was like, "Hey, I want you to shoot a bunch of those calls and put it in the pilot." And we we all looked at each other like it's not they're not going to fit it. It just it just it just doesn't yeah. make sense, but it's the exact what are you going to do and he likes it. So um we called Governor Schwarzenegger's line. This is all uh, – It's. It, I have this on a link, so when we're done, I'll play the video for you. That'd be great. Um, so it's. we have it. not just audio recorded. It's video recorded. And um, I call, and uh, he. Uh, a woman picks up and just says, you know, Governor Schwarzenegger's office. And I just did kind of like a little bit of a gay voice. I'm like, hi, I have Michael Douglas calling for the governor. And then she was, okay, one second, please. Puts me on hold. And then she goes back, she goes, the governor's going to have to return your call. And so in the pilot, you can see like almost like, you know, the, uh. it's kind of a moment of like, you know, ah, he probably won't like, you know, they they asked for a number. You know what I mean? I gave it to him, but you know, he might, his assistant might go, well, it's not the number you usually call. And here's the thing about that. So I want to point something out. The reason that, like about the usually call back in the day, you need to understand for those of you out there that are millennials and don't really know old school Hollywood, there was a fucking foursome fivesome that hung out all the time. And that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Danny DeVito, Michael Douglas, Warren Beatty, and Jack Nicholson. And Those are, guys are bros, okay? Yeah. Old school bros from the 70s on, okay? And you can Google that and find photos and stories and all sorts of stuff, you know? Uh, especially, like, Warren and Jack. Like, they were they were really tight. Yeah. And especially uh, Danny and Arnold, you know? But Michael, you have to know, Michael... And uh, Danny are very good friends because they were in Jewel of the Nile and, uh-huh. and, and, and uh, Romance War of the and Stone roses? together. Or, Say what?
0: Was it War of the Roses with the other two? No.
1: Uh, yeah, War of the Roses was directed by d- either DeVito or Douglas, and then they're both in it, right? You know, yeah, one of them so. directed it too. Uh, DeVito directed it. Oh, and don't forget. Um, the role that made DeVito is a little movie called Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo's Nest is produced by Michael Douglas because he uh, his dad had bought that play, and then Michael wanted to make his own name and produce it. So, so anyway, um, I know a lot about these guys. Plus, Danny DeVito played my dad in a movie, and um, oh, I wow. asked him probably one million questions. <laughs> so um, he was so cool. Um, and um, so, now, hold on, let me just—I yeah. have to do a quick pin, right quick. So the other
0: four guys, Notorious. Just crushing puss, crushing puss. Devito too. Or was Devito? The guy who was running. I don't know
1: when Devito, Devito, and like Perlman started, but they started a long time ago. So like you know, he might have he might have had a run. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think people realize like Michael Douglas, like what those
0: guys. The Michael
1: Douglas were, is one of the raked. largest sex addicts of all time in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, yeah. Warren Beatty definitely eclipses him though. Um, Warren Beatty's fucked more than anybody, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude. So. This was crazy. I call up Governor Schwarzenegger, and, and she says, "We'll return. And then the pilot, there's a great moment because we go and do a bunch of other things, and then all of a sudden it cuts back to us in this RV. And um, a voice. My, my voice comes over and goes, earlier today I called Governor Schwarzenegger as Michael Douglas. I didn't expect him to call me back. And all of a sudden you hear, you know, hi, I have the governor calling for Michael Douglas. And like, like my d- – Bill – there's moments in life <laughs> where you truly lose control of your face. And you can see, I'm literally just going. I'm covering my mouth. I'm, I'm shaking. Everybody is next to me going, like, I have my bros. Like, like Zach's looking, look, like, the hair's on my hand, arm just standing right around. <laughs> Zach's looking at me like, you know, there, there was a look of like, good job, buddy. But also, don't fuck this up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, fucking, this is going to be a big moment. And you've done a lot of these, but you were nervous for this one. Not, ah, it's nervous story. I I, I did not think like, oh my God, he's going to figure me out. I was worried that I'd be so focused on the voice that I'd forget to somehow make it funny. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like working on the craft of it and and that I wouldn't even have material. Yes. And so that's what I was very worried about. And so um, the call went something like this. Um, (laughs) Um... Good evening, Michael. How are you? I, I don't do Arnold, okay? Yeah. Um, and I go, hey. That's close enough. Yeah, right. Good evening, Michael. How are you? And I go, Um. hey, Arnie. How you doing? He goes, I'm doing pretty good. He goes, what's going on? I'm like, listen, uh, just wanted to check in and say hi. I've uh, been thinking a lot of, lately about politics. And uh, uh, anyway, um, you know, me and my wife, Catherine, are going to have some people over this Sunday. Thought we'd invite you over for a dinner and, uh, you know, Maybe I could talk to you about something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I could run for something in, in the Senate or something. Like you know, like so. I'm just fucking. By I'm way, doubling down. Right angle. Yeah, like right angle and to so, play. And so all of a sudden he goes, "I would be more than happy to talk to you about this." He goes, "What time on Sunday or something?" And I give him the time. He goes, "I'll have my people reach out. We'll figure this out." I hang up. Eruption. I mean. Fucking crew and cast. It's like fucking, it, it, you, I felt like a Yankee hitting a home run. I, I, I don't, it, it, everybody's looking at me and it just felt like one of those moments where you're being lifted by the team, you know? Yeah. And uh, we got so fucked up that night. And by the way, this entire pilot shot in Vegas. So, oh my God, I oh can my imagine. Oh my God. The only shitty thing was we stayed at Circus Circus as a joke because we thought <laughs> that would make it funnier if we filmed there. Don't stay at Circus that Circus. The, the novelty runs off very quickly. And so, um, god we had fun though oh my god we had fun now
0: let me ask you guys when you're doing a prank like this real quick and there's gotta be that weird moment of like did I get him so, you know what I mean? Of like when you first say I did it, wonder like, that.
1: I wondered if maybe he was like. I kind of got off like wondering what the fuck's going on. Um, but uh, like so, you knew that Michael Douglas called him Arnie, for example, obviously. Like there's probably. Well, Arnie's is. I, 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 the world calls him Arnie. Yeah. So I did that. Like, so even if Michael never has, I did it in a way where it's like, hey, I'm just saying fuck it with you, Arnie. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, like, like. And so what happened was um, two days go by. It's a seven day shoot. That was on the fifth day. So now it's the seventh day. We do our final day and we do a rap party uh for those of you who don't know rap party it's the end of the production you throw a big fucking party yeah production saves a little money in the budget and everybody drinks for free and, and- then you
0: finally get to bang the person you want to bang for the whole yes! shoot
1: <laughs> <laughs> or at least try yeah yeah um so i um we have a nice rap party um that i fucked up at uh it was at the top of um mandalay bay i'm currently serving a lifetime ban from the mandalay bay congratulations I not a you and there. the
0: vegas shooter are the yeah. two
1: i'm not yeah oh jesus um so, I can't go there. Um, I'm on a security thing. Uh, and I found out the hard way that it's definitely still there. Because when Vince Vaughn and Owen Benjamin and uh, Steve Byrne put me on the list to go see them perform there in 2011, uh, I was immediately escorted off the How property. How many years later was this? Uh, four years later. Four
0: years later. They just have like the facial recognition is there?
1: Um, I was crazy. on a list. and also oh, um, the name. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Um, what did you do at well, Bay? Well, we were at the top of Manly Bay. And I had started my room. I cleared out all the – I had about six beers in my mini fridge. And then um, I moved on to doing some shots. I only – I had like uh, one whiskey one and two vodka ones. So now I've mixed beer, whiskey, vodka. You know, I'm on my way there. Um, I I was also on a healthy dose of I think that day probably anywhere – from 10 to 12 Norcos had already been taken. And so now I, I mean, I haven't even ordered one drink at the fucking party. So now at the party, it's just drink after drink. It's a mixed drink city, in long islands. Just, it was a bad scene, bro. Yeah. And I just ended up getting, I guess, aggressive. And then, um, uh, someone, a, a guard talked to me and, um, and I yelled back at him and then he grabbed me. So I grabbed him and then a bunch of guards on me. My grandpa was there. He came out to be, do a cameo in the pilot. And, um, a uh, little-known fact about the Mandalay Bay, they have a uh, uh, an area uh, in the basement where they take you um, if you are, have either uh, broken some sort of a physical law with guards or if you've cheated at the tables. Um, it's very reminiscent of Casino because uh, there's oddly no cameras in this room, uh-huh. none, and it's a concrete floor and it's a long bench. And you are handcuffed to uh, the bar below the bench. So you kind of sit like this, like leaned over. And they come in and they talk to you and they threaten you and they make you feel like shit. And uh, luckily my grandpa, uh, who was a long time sober did enough talking saying i'm gonna get him the fuck out of here but i really would like it you didn't arrest him um he's a little punk right now uh he's starring in his own show i really don't want bad things to happen for him right now and um i will take him under my wing i'll get him the fuck out of here we'll stay somewhere else and uh, we weren't staying there anyway but um and so um uh, did your gran- grandpa slip him some money because i feel like in vegas no if you knew everything. my grandpa you just you should look up have you ever seen scowler stone grandpa performs at the laugh factory no Okay, that's another thing. All of you out there, look up Skylar Stone Grandpa on YouTube. Mike, you, once you watch that, you'll be like, I would do anything to this man. You would fucking, Yeah. If this guy told you to just fucking rape your mother, you probably would. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, he's, uh, he was the man. So he got me out. But um, so I end up in my hotel room. I stayed at the Luxor that night because we were done at the Circus Circus. And so I'm staying at the Luxor. And I wake up to my Nextel flip phone, this is 2007, <laughs> um, uh, vibrating next to me. And I'm like, fuck that. You know how it goes when you're drunk. You just hit uh, ignore, right? I'm like, fucking fuck you. Ignore. This goes on like 10 phone calls. Finally, I look at it, I flip it open, and it says... Blocked call. And then I'm like, blocked call? Well, now I'm definitely curious, because... Yeah. Curious. Was like, 10 and This calls. is before spam, probably. Yeah, yeah. And so I flip it open, and I go, hello? And all of a sudden I hear, hi, uh, is Michael Douglas there? <laughs> and I go, excuse me? And he goes, yes, um, I'm calling for Michael Douglas. And I go, uh, as in the actor? And the guy goes, Yes. So as you in, know you're playing
0: dumb right away. You're like, I Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I, I know it's probably not good. I mean, I just called the governor. <laughs> and so um, he goes, Yes, the actor. I go, Why? Well, I, I mean, there could be other Michael Douglases. He goes, Don't play stupid with me, pal. Whoa. And I go, Excuse me? He goes, No, excuse you. He goes, Listen up. I go, Who is this? He goes, This is the Secret Service. Ooh. And now I'm just like, Okay. We're in a we're we're in uncharted territory. Yeah. Uh, there's never been a pep talk, a, a mentor, a parent, a teacher, an administrator, anyone that's ever prevy for this one. You yeah. know what I mean? You hear about a lot of things and after school specials and you know, at behavior camps that your parents send you to and people that teach you this, that, and the other. Oh my God. Mike David just walked by. Mike a David. fucking Hollywood legend. Jesus Christ. Um so does he live over here? No, oh, that's right. He just moved in right there. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, they don't do psychiatric screenings for, for this one? okay. Um, and so, um, so anyway, I, um, uh, where was I? I'm so sorry. So, Secret Service, this is Secret Service, yes. Yeah. And so, I go, um, he goes, listen, he goes, um, since you want to play games, uh, if one were to want to call the governor of California. And entice him with plans that would change his itinerary and start flights being booked and people on the clock Ah. to protect said flight and move his team in a different direction. And one weren't really the person that they said they were. One would maybe not want to do that if one wanted to not go to jail, go to prison. Yeah. And I just go, um, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, I'm sure you don't. He goes, I think I've made my point clear. Let's see how well I did. Good day. And hung up on me.
0: Pimp. That dude was a pimp. Now, what I
1: loved about it was that, like, like, he knew I did it. But yeah. maybe, but somewhere they're like, "We're never gonna be able to." Pre- He's just gonna claim someone grabbed his phone. He's mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. like I, I kind of liked that, you know what I mean? Because I oh. I disguised my voice, so even if they have a recording of that, I don't talk that way. Yeah, yeah, and they, you know, they said, "We'll we'll talk like Michael Douglas real quick." I can just, play I don't know how to. I've never done that before. You know what I mean? So it was interesting, um, scary. Too. Yeah, I was gonna say, were you scared afterwards, or were you just like, "It gets better." Okay, so we get up the phone. I go back to bed. Don't forget, I'm a fall down drunk at this point. So <laughs> the idea of waking up anytime before 3 p.m. in my life is yeah. pretty fucking rare. So
0: the Vegas police are after you. The Secret Service is after you. You're it's like, eh, nice. taking
1: a nap. It ain't going well for Skystone. And so next thing you know, um, phone rings again. Like this is hours later. Vroom, vroom, vroom. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's blocked again. I'm like, I pick up and I go, hello? Now, luckily, my hungover voice... Sounds a little like Michael Douglas too. They're both very deep because <laughs> this was a different person. <laughs> this one, I can't believe I'm going to tell this story. Fuck yeah. Well, I guess it doesn't matter because yeah. I don't really, I don't know for sure what he meant, but I'm pretty sure I know what he meant. So he goes, um, he was, hello. Uh, so I said, hello. for it. I go, hello. He goes, hello. <laughs> I go, hello. He goes, what? <laughs> It's two in the afternoon. What are you doing, Michael? It's Warren Beatty. <sighs> I had just called him and talked to him again, just to show you that like, I do this just for fun. We weren't shooting one day. Everybody wrapped, you know, your crew hits a certain amount of hours, right? And they have to stop. Right. And so me and Zach were bored in Vegas. We are always bored of it. By the way, I love that this is all one big sidebar. we still haven't told the man apart parts or we'll give it to, to that. And so, um, so I, uh, uh, I had talked to Warren for, like, an hour in front of Zach, just making Zach laugh. Zach would love to just smoke cigarettes and an listen to hour. his calls. Yeah, like now, an hour? Yeah, like an hour. Now,
0: no one was ever like, what number are you calling from?
1: Why don't I recognize this I'd call number? Blocked. Oh, okay, got Yeah, on. I'd call Blocked. Um, because, look, back in the day, like, I, I remember... how Jay, would they be able to Jay call you Moore back? was one of the first... Well, I'd give them I'd give them my number at that point. But um, Jay Moore was one of the first celebrities that ever, like, you know, called me regularly. And it, early on, his his cell phone was like permanently blocked like he just he didn't have to start successfully i think he'd done it through his phone company like it was just blocked, and a lot of celebrities were back then i remember a lot of people's phone numbers used to just be blocked when they would call yeah and so you'd take every call because you're like oh my god is there a celebrity calling me or a creditor you know um and so um excuse me and so um i'd call them blocked and then if they ask for a number i'd give it to them and you're asking the right questions because like i think about this a lot like First of all, celebrities change their phone numbers a lot. Sure, so that's like, not that. This weird. is
0: my this is for my this is phone for my side bitches number. Yeah, and these are
1: these are people at such a level that they don't really bother with a lot of dumb, mean, menial. Why
0: would you have another phone number? They, they
1: just it, it, They don't. I've noticed yeah. they just don't talk about a lot of the things we talk about. Yeah. you wouldn't even. And they they do and they don't. Like they are one of us. They are like us. They do take shits, whatever. But like they do also know who they are even amongst each other. And even though they might talk about, you know, like you know. They talk honestly. They talk about a lot of first world rich people problems when they get on the phone. It's very yeah. funny, actually. I'll, t- I'll share a couple of them with you, but they also like they also don't talk the way we talk. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's a, how would you talk to an
0: hour with someone that you don't know? How could they not bring up they, something way, that, that you spo- wouldn't
1: know? It just seems so very funny. carefully. I yeah. only remember. I don't remember what it was, but I'll tell you this. I do remember one time. War, War, Warren said something that seemed like an inside joke so I just laughed at it and he, and then I think he says I'm like you, you remember that you remember that like, I don't remember what he said but you remember like let's just make something up like you remember it, it was something the effective like you know you remember that and also Jerry was there and like I'm like yeah he's like who else uh, he I think he asked me like a question like and who else was he wasn't testing me I think he was just trying to remember and I'm like I, sorry, I, just, I think I gave it like a you know hey I'm talking about something 34 years ago you know what I've done in that time, amount of time like yeah, yeah. if you just fucking make it like that like hey we're getting old Warren I don't fucking know like you yeah, know what I mean yeah, yeah. what's he gonna do like go this isn't Michael Douglas. You know what I mean? I'm on to you. You know. <laughs> so um he goes, He goes, what are you what are you uh doing in the afternoon? What are you doing, Michael? And I go, hey And did you recognize it was Warren Betty at this point? Uh, yes. Okay. The unmistakable voice. Yeah. Unmistakable A, he had already called me back once before and was blocked. So, when I took that first block call, part of me wondered, is this Warren Brady calling me? Like, you know, because this is the bat phone for production. Like, we were using my cell phone, which in hindsight, I can't believe I <laughs> greenlit that. Like, why did I not get us a burner phone? I'm using my private phone to call the governor. Like, talk about just like not being shielded, you know, wide open. And so I just go, I said, um, he goes, it's two in the afternoon, Michael. You, uh, what do you, uh, what are you doing? I go, hey, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, you, you, uh, you doing something you shouldn't be doing. Like he was basically asking me like, you cheating, buddy. Like, yeah, like yeah. it was cheat, It was broke. Like, you know, what are you up to? What are you guys? Or is it uh,
0: drugs that maybe Michael Douglas was,
1: was clean. Oh no no, 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 it was, it was, it definitely wasn't drugs. You know, it was, it was absolutely about, okay. Pussy, okay, okay you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. We're talking they've never, uh, I think Michael partied back in the day. Michael's been pretty like he's not I don't know that he's sober, but I don't I he, Okay, I don't, so that it was definitely like you're like It was pussy dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's in the middle of the day. They're both known as philanderers. You know what I mean? Um uh, they're they're I, I got the vibe. He was like, you know, you uh you cheating, buddy? Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like who, who and I go, I, no, I'm just um a little tired from last night. He goes, Oh. So Doing the same thing last night. Like, like he was just trying to, like, like hey, buddy, fucking share, spill the tea. What do you got? Who are you hooking up with? You know? Yeah, yeah. But I just got the vibe that, like, you know, Warren still did that. I, mean, I shouldn't say that. Like, I don't did know. You, but- did you go with it? We didn't talk long because I, I made it seem like, you know, I'm indisposed and I just kind of laughed and Gilly's, I'll let you uh, get back to whatever you're doing. <laughs> He's give me a call. Um, he was very interested in a script that I had because what I, what I unfortunately did was I told him that there's a movie I want to produce, and the ro- the role is perfect for you. And he was and the script that Skyler Stone wrote. Oh, no, no, no. I I meant my I, as Michael Douglas. A I, way for I, I said I didn't. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I said I said to get his movie. no, no. I said some unknown writers. I'm going to produce it, but I want you as the lead. And he got pretty excited about that. And he, he literally said he goes, Well, I'm going to ask the million dollar question. Um, why? Um, I'm going to ask the million dollar question. He goes, why, why, why aren't you going to start it? Cause they're, you know, ro- I mean, Michael is younger, but roughly the same. they could both play like, why, why would Michael try and make a movie for him instead of himself? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I just said, oh, when you read it, you'll see it's perfect for you. And so he followed up with me a lot about that project. And There's a part of me that feels bad about that. Yeah. You, you know like,
0: what people, one of the weird things I heard about Hollywood is a lot of these older legend actors they get desperate for scripts.
1: Of course they do. It's like, why am I not working? Look, and I hear people go, does he have enough money to live? It's like, dude, have you ever not done anything for a long time? <laughs> it gets yeah. really... I know people are like, I would just live in Bora Bora, and I would just fish. Yeah, and how fucking... Uh, how many days of fishing and drinking rum can you... Like, you're eventually you're going to want to do something. Sounds like that
0: Dan Blitzerian guy was like, look at me my Instagram models. I'm like, kill
1: me. No, I'm sure after a while, that's even gets So, actually, that probably isn't that fucking... Kidding anyway, <laughs> um, but... Um, you know, like dude, me and my wife love each other and we have a great house and I love my kids and I love her and I love my dogs, but I want to get the fuck out of the house sometimes. Yeah. I, I want to have a purpose. My purpose can't course, just be driving kids to school and you know, fucking my wife like a fucking stallion. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Um, and then coming on her I'm and coming sorry. on her face. Um, <laughs> but um so sometimes when I hear people say, like, you know, can you believe this guy desperate to stay on top? Dude, have you ever been on top? It's fucking fun. You're a fucking powerhouse. Yeah, yeah. you got
0: to do it. Like yeah. you,
1: you pick up the phone and things happen, and people do shit for you. And like, like you walk out a set and you're the number one on the call sheet. It's fucking fun. <laughs> and <laughs> your ability, to, it, it kind of makes you a weird superhero.
0: I'm, I'm amazed. I haven't heard about this. I'm also amazed that the world at large, writ large, hasn't heard about this as well. What the prank calls? Yeah, I know you are saying it's urban <laughs> legend I've got a Hollywood. Lot. I, I record
1: recorded, and so, but um, but so, but again, you like, won't
0: release them until people are dead.
1: <laughs> I, I would like to release. The I, There's a 22 minute Michael Douglas Harrison Ford one. Oh my God. And it's fucking good. So, what's stopping you? I mean, I wouldn't mind releasing it as a piece of content in something and making some money off it rather than just putting it on the, the web. Of, well, of course. You put it on the web, it would go viral immediately, wouldn't it? I think it would. How? Maybe I should just put it out. Just fucking
0: Yeah, we're going to announce it now on this podcast, Skylar Stone. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it on the podcast.
1: It's really funny, dude. I want
0: my podcast to go viral.
1: So the, pr- the, the 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 prank that that got stopped was So just like my prank phone calls, I sometimes I just prank when no one's there. You know, I, I'll just sneak in a premiere by myself cuz I just wanted to go to the premiere and, like, and How do you sneak into a premiere? Oh my god, just so many ways. so easy. Um I got to hang out. Ocean's with 11.
0: Around. How can we never did that when we were hanging out during college know. night? We should have. I wasn't
1: fucking cool enough. Okay, go ahead. No, we should have. I was doing a lot of drugs. When you and I did that show, it was drugville, dude. It was like I wasn't doing a lot of cons right then. (laughs) The show had been canceled. Like I just, my cons were like. Going to my drug dealer's house, opening his tackle box. His name was Tackle Box Todd. And <laughs> since he was so high, while you'd do a line, I'd steal five pills. That was my con. You know what I mean? Then you yeah. another line, I'd steal five more. Yeah. And at one time I actually still, stole a bag of uh, heroin, and I'd never done heroin. Woo. So then I smoked it that night, and I threw up about 30 times. I uh-huh. think God saved me because I did not have fun, and I never want to do it again, and I yeah. never did. That's good. Never shot it, never snorted it, none of that shit, um, and I never did math, never did acid. There's a lot of things I never did. Scholar
0: um, saw in math is not a, not a good thing. I can't imagine that
1: going well. Oh God, no, that would not that would not end well at all. Um, my shit was pills, pills, coke, and Molly. I loved the Molly. So you had this conversation, <laughs> yeah, this conversation with Michael Douglas.
0: Now, um, did, was that the end of the story? Was Was there more? With well,
1: the- yeah, no, that that one's done. But what, so the, the you asked me what's the biggest prank I ever pulled off, and I said, well, how about we just tell a really funny one where. It was going well, and then it just didn't. That's genius. And so yeah. we love to do pranks, me and Zach. And so we would just go do these, even if we weren't filming. So we were in Hollywood, but you recorded them all. No, No. sometimes I just did it because it was just exhilarating. Now let me ask you this: Have you ever, because a porn star you, fucks about the camera sometimes? You're you're, you're,
0: you're, you're, you've lived an examined life, like you've done therapy, and you. Oh yeah, done, you love therapy. So. Is there something about you in your childhood maybe where you go, that's the reason why I do this? Because not a lot of people would have the urge to do that. I know it's a creative urge. It's a creative in- impulse. But was there something else that 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 fueled you that you look at like, oh, you know, when I was a kid, this happened to me. And this has been my mantra that has made me have to do this. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I wonder. I mean, um, like something that fueled the desire because to me, like I I, 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 I'm like an
0: armchair traveler right now. Because I would never have the balls. I know, I don't have big balls. I'll be honest with you. To literally, um, I would never do that. I would get too nervous. I would choke. I would do it once and like giggle like a schoolgirl for three days. And the fact that you were just doing it, like, oh, let's just do a prank call. It's badass, man. I
1: don't know where. It ca- um I, I don't think I've ever been in therapy, and we've had a breakthrough about that specifically. We have had a breakthrough about my dishonesty and stuff, um, but um, it's just fun, I guess. Fun, but I, but, but, but I guess the more I think about it, like. Look, uh, when I was young, I was a runt, dude. I was tiny, very scrawny, very little. And so, you know, um, I wasn't classically bullied. I wasn't the kid that would get to school and get his pants pulled out or his money taken. There wasn't anything like, I wasn't jumped. It wasn't shit like that. But there there was definitely like, systemic build there was some bull there was some bullying involved and I always I did always want to be I did have a desire to be in the popular crew. Yeah. And I'd get in but just like barely. Like my foot yeah. was in. Like I wasn't there'd be like a solid seven guys that ran sixth grade. I wasn't one of them. Yeah. But I was kind of like their eighth, like, tertiary, you know, like...
0: You are on the bench, me? Me? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I was Phil Hartman. You know what I mean? Like, you put me in for a couple lines in the sketch, and, like, I was never Mike Myers stealing it, doing the whole fucking thing. Like, I was just kind of, you know, uh, if, if we're going to baseball this, I was Jose Akendo on the 87 Cardinals. Uh, look that one up, bitches. Um, so, <laughs> not one of the stars, but an integral player, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I I, was never fully in. And so I think because I spent a lot of time going like, Oh, they're all going to six flags Friday night. They didn't invite like, like looking on the outside. Like, you know, I was kind of like the kid in big, you know what what think
0: about It makes me think about two things. One is I've always been obsessed with the Illuminati. I've always wanted to be invited to an Illuminati party. And I've heard of friends of mine who have gone to these weird Illuminati parties. Like you take an elevator down on Melrose Avenue to a cavernous space where women are in bird cages and shit. Um, kind of like Tom Cruise and Eyes Wide Shut, I wanted to be the guy that was invited. You know, I've always been... So, maybe that's what it is. I want to be in the room where it happens, to quote Hamilton, the musical. Um, So, maybe was it like an access to the the minds of these people and the lives of these people that was so rarefied and elevated that you could get a glimpse into it that very, very few people on the planet could. I mean, that... I feel like if I got in...
1: Now that I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about all this in real time. I haven't done anything about this before and I might not even feel this way later. But as I'm thinking about this right now, I feel like part of me was like, if I get in and do this stuff, it'll be a lot of fun. I'll get in. My life will be so fun that I'll attract the life that I want without having to always be the one looking in. That makes sense. So I, I don't know if that's a fake it till you make it thing. Maybe is that, that's one concept. Another thing to think about, though, is that uh, I mean, there's so, you know, you get out here. Well, actually, going back to the childhood stuff, fucking out here, you know, I'm a big—I love to study—I I am obsessed with the concept of nature versus nurture. I love thinking about whether or not I have a chemical imbalance mm-hmm. or whether uh, my experiences made me loopy. Got it. And I don't know which—I still—I'm not convinced— comm- I, I, I'm not convinced either way. I've done a lot of stuff, man. DMT, ayahuasca, lithium, you know, ibogaine, uh, uh, therapy, psychiatry, behavior camps, rehabs, like rehabs where you get your ass kissed in Malibu, rehabs where you fucking get your ass kicked in Hollywood, rehabs where you're cut off from society in Mexico. I mean, I've done a lot of fucking shit. Yeah. And and I've seen a lot of shit. I've met a lot of addicts. And unfortunately, I, I, I often err on the side of nurture because the females that i see that are addicts almost all almost exclusively were molested you know they they turn into addicts and and prostitutes and strippers and all kinds of stuff. you know i so i don't know that you're born with like a stripper gene i think that's fucking created you know what i mean yeah i'm not even making a joke I, i stripper gene sounds funny but i'm really just being serious and like so when i look back and think about my life um You know, I was told that I had issues at a very young age. So I've been very obsessed with the concept of, you know, with my own sons, my, my twins, they were born six weeks early and had a three week NICU stay. My twins, um, they, uh, they're about to be four. They, there's, there's certain things that doctors have said, now watch out, this could be happening mm-hmm. and it'll just be over something they saw at, like one visit. I'm like, Oh, well, I mean, okay. Like, well, definitely don't say that in front of my son. Like talk to me about that. like, because I'm obsessed with the idea of like, you know, even if we think they have something of something, I don't want them to know. I, just want to maybe change how we handle them and and make sure we like, you know, alleviate it growing into something. But I really have started to believe that if I wasn't told so often when I was little that I'm ADHD, that I'm bipolar and all these things, I wonder how much I would think that it's, oh, I think I'd have less of a, when you, I've been made to believe that if you, that, that, that like Oh well, Skylar's freaking out right now because he's bipolar. Yeah, and so if it, it's made me like, I I've caught myself in real time sometimes. I feel like I'm standing next to myself and I'm on acid watching myself. Where I'm going, hey, you're only I, I can feel myself saying you're only freaking out right now because you think you have the ability to. Because everyone accepts the fact that you're bipolar. Yeah, you don't really want to freak out. You're just doing. You're being. A, you're being a brat. The yeah. way that a kid is does it because they're in a family that lets them. And so I've just had this thing where like I've wondered you know if i never was told that for so fucking long if i really would be the way that i am it's helped me stop myself because i don't do it as often as i used to i but i still have meltdowns dude i still fucking have them but like to answer your question you know um it, it's just like i really feel like that 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 being told to me for so long that you're special and different and you have an imbalance it's led it's made me feel like i have you know, these branches that I'm allowed to dangle from that others aren't. It makes a lot of sense. And so because of that, it's it's also like, – uh, the reason you're not supposed to lie when you're in a program, when you're in a 12-step program like I am – because people are like, what does lying have to do with using? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? If you if you if you start lying for the for the smallest things ever, like if I came over right now, building like, why why were you late? You said you'd be here 20 minutes ago, and I, and I just don't tell you the truth and I lie to you. I'm opening up a neural pathway that like, hey man, when you're when you're in a bind and you need to get out and you don't want to feel bad, you can lie. Yeah. Well, guess what? That's really close to this branch right here of like, I don't like how I feel right now, so I'm going to use real quick. And if anybody asks me if I use, I'm going to say no. Yeah. So it, it's. It, so I, I I feel like the same thing goes with if, – if people tell me I'm bipolar and I'm allowed to hang on these branches that others aren't and that it's just okay, it's just part of who he is, you know, it, 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 it's special treatment and it's special access. it's And so that's a branch very close to like, you know, oh, uh, I, I'm going to con my way into this. I'm going to hang on this branch that others can't that, because yeah. this – I'm different. There's too close. Yeah, and there's also –
0: it made me think of the uh, the series on Amazon that people are talking about, The Boys. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. Because the idea, which is a brilliant premise, is that, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a superhero, guess what? You're not going to be moral. You're probably going to be, you, you make a human being have superpowers, they're going to use it in corrupt ways because they don't, humans just aren't responsible. In, in reality, if you did have superpowers, you'd probably use it to fuck a lot to get a yeah, lot of shit, yeah. and you exert your power. You have the ring of power with you. as So in a weird way, you had this kind of superpower that you could do this, you know what I mean? So why the fuck, how many people on the planet can call up celebrities and convince them that they're another celebrity, that they actually know?
1: I was also told at a young age, like not only was I given a lot of negative shit, I was given probably like, you're gifted. I was yeah. told gifted a lot because my homework uh, wasn't turned in. And <laughs> my projects, I'd bring them in days late, like five days late, six days late, and it wouldn't be done, but it would be a half-built project of like, if you did this on time and finished it, this would have been the greatest project we ever saw. Like, there were genius ideas, but I just couldn't finish it. But my testing, dude, was through the roof. Yeah. I had the second highest ACT score in my class in Michigan, and then I had, um, I I just, I I had really high scores. I always did. Always did. I was in, like, they put me in the gifted classes and then, uh, but I'd get kicked out pretty quickly because, you know, I would just make fun of all the nerds. You know what I, mean? I just <laughs> thought it was too fucking too much. Yeah. So, like, I that's another thing when you're told you're gifted, it's it's also like, so it's, it was a weird, I was always put down and built up more than others in both categories. Yeah. So that's really going to make you feel special. And it's also up and down, mm-hmm. which fits bipolar. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, fuck you for saying that I'm bipolar, but hey, thanks for telling me how smart I am. Like, <laughs> and so I just felt, uh, I did feel like superior power. That's yeah, a good that way to put sense. it. I felt like, you know, oh, I could get in that. I yeah. know other people can't do that. I could do that. Yeah. And I definitely got cocky with it for a while. I of course. I definitely got cocky with it for
0: now, a while. Now, as you were doing these pranks, you said, I want to hear a couple more. Were, were there voices, What? who were the go-to voices that you did? Michael Douglas, Vince Vaughn, Vince. Vaughan, Vaughan, Wilson.
1: Wilson. Were there, were there any, he's like, let me try this person. No, because those are the ones that I do so well to the point where like, just, just well. Yeah. Other ones like my Bruce Willis is good, but it's more about the face that I make. Yeah. So it's a physicality. Like I've tried doing Bruce Willis on the radio when I'm doing morning radio for like a weekend somewhere, and it doesn't work. It, you got to see me for that one. I've done it on the radio, and it just it falls flat. You know. Yeah. Um. Like I wouldn't even do if you asked me to do it right now, I wouldn't do it because like you'd laugh because you'd see my face, but the people <laughs> listening would be like, eh, <laughs> <you know?"> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know. There's other ones I do pretty well, but not like I feel like I sound like them. Yeah. You know, I can do Seth Rogen. I can do Robert Downey Jr. I can do a lot of these guys, but like not to the point where I feel like I could call their wives and children and best <laughs> friends of 40 years, you know. Did you ever call wives of these people? No, I guess that was an exaggeration. But I just meant, it's pretty. I, look, it, you said, what's the most impressive one? Honestly, I cannot believe that I fooled Governor Schwarzenegger that I am someone that he's known since the 70s. That's insane. I mean, that's that, that felt
0: pretty good. So, what was the most successful one you did? I mean, that was one that you said backfired. Were are other ones that you said? And you've probably repeated this. On well, no, I didn't
1: before. tell you the backfire one. So so one day, me and Zach were day drinking in Hollywood. And this is not a call. This is an in-person one. And so we're in Hollywood, and um, we are uh, walking down Hollywood Boulevard. And for those of you who don't know, on Hollywood Boulevard at Highland, there is the Hollywood Highland Center. Right next to it is the Man's Chinese Theater. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of that. It's the number one place to have movie premieres in the whole world. It always has been since the 30s, I think. And so it's a beautiful, grandiose theater. And when they're doing uh, premieres there, it's a big deal. They shut down Hollywood Boulevard, as you know. Like, you can't drive down there. So there's a red carpet in the middle of the street. There's all this shit going on. There's cops. There's this. There's that. And Zach goes, which premiere is that? I go, I don't know. He's like, oh, you're slipping, St. Aubin. My, <laughs> my nickname, my con name back in the day was Mike St. Aubin. Uh It's a real name of one of my best friends of all time, the guy I went to college with. I moved out here with Mike St. Aubin. Uh We both moved here from Kalamazoo, Michigan. After St. Louis, I, I went to high school and college in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We drove out here. Um, we both wanted to make it in Hollywood, me way more than him. He didn't, he, he liked it, but he just wasn't like obsessed and you have to be obsessed. And so he left after three months, he hated it. He's like, fuck this place. This is some of the trashiest people I remember in my life. I'm out of here. And I, when I said bye to him, I go, I'm going to make your name famous one day. He goes, yeah, okay. And so he left. So (laughs) I sold the show con to comedy central and the tape that I made was a bunch of stuff, the cons that I shot all around town. And in each con, I was named Mike St. Albans. So when I pick up the phone, like someone go, "Who is this?" I'm like, "Mike St. Alban." Listen, um, uh, I need to get tickets to the Playway Mansion or whatever. I would say all this stuff as Mike St. Alban, and it worked actually because he tried to call for a reservation in Chicago once, um, and they're like, you know, what's the what's the name of the reservation? He said Mike St. Alban, and the guy goes, <laughs> "Nice try, dude. Don't come here with cameras." And hung <laughs> up the phone. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, and Mike's a really humble. Like if you met him, like he's he's just very like he's just a very Chill guys, like he did not want this attention at all. <laughs> so, anyway, um, he said, What premiere is this? And my friend Zach, when we are walking out of Hollywood, I go, I don't know. He's, Oh, you're slipping St. Aubin because he'd call me St. Aubin because that was my nickname. And uh, he's like, you usually know where all the premieres are and what they are. And so we get closer. We see a bunch of posters for a movie called A Man Apart. It's a Vin Diesel action movie. I don't really think anybody saw. It wasn't one of his biggest hits. But um, we, were, I'm like, you want you want to go to this? He's like, fuck yeah. And he goes, what's the game plan? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm thinking on this one. And so um, we walk around, and we can tell that there's enough people walking from Man Chinese Theater up to this uh, like fifth floor bar at the top of Hollywood and Highland and they're going back and forth and they're carrying things. I'm like, okay, I go, I think that's where the after party is going to be. I go, I don't really want to see the movie. I just want to go to the party. He's like, Yeah, me too. And so we go up the stairs. It's probably like two hours before the movie is going to start, right? It's like five in the afternoon movies, usually seven o'clock after parties, nine, nine thirty. So we, um, we go up to the, the bar and one trick is if you're there early enough, there ain't nobody standing at the door because they ain't, they're not worried about anybody showing up like five hours early. So we're hoping it's one of those because that's how him and I got into the Matrix Reloaded premiere. We got there just so early that we walked in and then I hid in the bathroom until the party started and then came out and we were at the Matrix Reloaded premiere. It was amazing. I met Keanu Reeves, walked up to him and he looked at me for a second. I could tell he's looking at me like, oh, I thought you were Alex Winter like the, for Bill <laughs> and Ted's because uh, I look like him. And so, um, so anyway, uh, this wasn't one of those situations. There were already guards. At the at the at the door, I go. All right, there's guards. He goes. What are we gonna do? I go. Just walk with me. And uh, luckily, I had a commercial audition that day um, where I had to have like a, a suit on. And um, Zach didn't have a suit on, but he had a button up. And it was he, he, you know, it was open with some chest hair showing, so he looked a little more like a porn producer. But at least he didn't look like he, he wasn't wearing board shorts, you know. Yeah. So we walk up, and there's two guards, and uh, they go, "Hi, can I help you?" And I go, um, "Not yet." I go, uh, "Trying to find Ted." And I just start looking around, and they go, I'm sorry, who's Ted? I go, nothing. I go, uh, I don't think he's in there just yet. I go, we're going to make a call. I go, if uh, a guy named Ted walks through, I go, by the way, he's wearing a, um, a white blazer. I go, you can't miss him. He's a portly fellow. I go, um, we'll be right over here. Uh, tell him uh, Mike Aubin and um, I don't remember what Zach went by at that time. Um, uh, tell him uh, Mike St. Albans right over here, and he goes. He looked confused. Like okay, but but sometimes you have you have to make their head spin. Yeah. And you have to show them like I don't care about you. You're a security. Like you you have to act like they're beneath you, and that you're not gonna like go hi. So I'm so and so, and I'm with like I'm not selling. I'm not at the door. I'm not selling you a vacuum at your fucking house in Northridge. Like I'm above you. You're a security guard, and I'm supposed to be here. You're lucky to be here. You're like what do you make eight an hour? Like that's the vibe you have to give yeah. if you want to get in. So. You have to be kind of a dick, you know. So um I go over there and I come back, I go, um, Ted hasn't um walked through. He goes, I didn't see anybody like that. I go, okay, um, tell you what, um, we're going to um we're gonna to talk to Cindy, but uh we're gonna need Ted at some point to come in here for a meeting. We can't get a hold of him on his phone. I think either his phone died or, um, or he doesn't get reception up here, but I thought he was already here and like, well, we don't know who Ted is. I go, well, you should know who Ted is because he, uh, I said he works for the studio and he's one of the coordinators. He goes, Oh, you didn't tell me he's a coordinator. Well, I don't know Cindy either, but if you just want to talk to Sarah, she's the other coordinator. She did say there's a, a couple other coordinators showing up. I go. Well, yes, that's what I just told you. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just have to treat them like, you know, welcome to the party, asshole. Yeah. And so at this point, now he's here in coordinator. He's here in studio. This guy does not want to lose this job. Like, if he says, like, can I, can you prove this, please? I'm like, oh, are you, you're in your fucking, where's your fucking boss, dude? Like, he doesn't know who I am. So I, um, I walk in now and, um, I walked straight over to her because, you know, I need them to see that I'm not afraid of going up to her. So I went up to her. I go, I go, hi. I go, how are you? And then she put her and She goes, hi, what's up? I go, where's the bathroom? And she just put like, you know, point over there. I go, okay, I'll be right back. And so then we, we went to the bathroom. And she did look like, I like she just gave a look like, Why did introduce himself if he was just asking where the bathroom is, you know, but I needed him to see that, like, you know, we at least touched base. And so we went in the bathroom and Zach goes, now what? (laughs) I go, I don't know. Um, so now we're in the bathroom and we're there. And it's a small bathroom. That's the problem. It was not, it was (laughs) not a huge bathroom. And it's not, um, there's one stall. So it was very, it, it, a short stall or a tall stall. So you would see that two dudes are standing in there, you know? <laughs> so what are they doing? Coke blowing each other. Can't fucking, you know, can't do the fucking matrix Reloaded move where we just hit the fucking stalls. You know, at that bathroom, there was a fucking, there were a lot of bathrooms. So like, it was like, it was like fucking eight stalls. That was great. Like, you know, we just hung out in there and like fucking talked shit, whatever. So trying to figure out what to do. And, um, all of a sudden I just decided, um, I was, uh, there was a movie poster, um, on an easel and actually I got all the info that I needed up there because I didn't know much about this movie. So it was directed by F. Gary Gray, who's mm-hmm. a um, very famous director. Yeah, very famous. And so I believe he directed Friday. Um, mm-hmm. and a couple of, maybe Friday, next Friday and the Friday after that and three Fridays from now and Friday's three, f- anyway. So, um, I, um, we walk out and I find that woman. Cause I know that she's a coordinator. How long
0: were you in the bathroom at this point? You've been there like just. We played minutes. it cool.
1: We we just we kind of paced and like washed a lot of hands because people were coming in and just kind of blowing our nose and just talking and just you know we would just keep it business. You know, but I'm like I'm like here's the thing. So with you know if someone would walk in, I'd be like, now here's the thing with Ted. Um, you know, he doesn't want this to be. Like the last one, because, uh, there was not three tables for the, for the execs. There was two. So I don't want to be, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like spinning my wheels when Ted gets here. Like I wouldn't mind just sitting back for a second, having a drink. Cause we're going to, I mean, we have quite a night ahead of us. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, just, we're keeping it all business and Zach and I are the king of that shit yeah I, you, you bring some people on a con and, and they're like yeah that's a good idea we should talk to ted and you're like what are you <laughs> doing like we throw it away we cut each other off we bring up other things I'm like by the way how's your wife They're like, oh she's good she's good sarah's good uh you know just a lot of morning sickness right now and, and like and when you throw that out they're like oh shit okay sarah's pregnant that's what we're going with like, it's a lot of yes and it's just improv yeah, yeah, yeah. so um we go outside and what i would love to do this to Zach is not tell him what I'm doing because it'd be so fun to watch him adapt and that's part of the high yeah that's part of the high you know um and so um you know because you you've seen the comedy there's a million formulaic comedies where two people are in a scene where they need to convince someone of something you know what I mean so if it's like you and me convincing like someone across the table from us you know I might go yes yes I I do know Ted you know He's, he's, he's been different since the HIV, you know, like scenes like, you know, where all of a sudden like, you're looking like HIV. Yes. HIV. Cause you know, he's sick and stuff, you know, like, like, so it's fun. And so I, I go, um, I go over to this woman and I said, Hey, uh, Mike St. Albin from PMK, uh, PMK. So now I've, I, this is dangerous. Yeah. Huge I've, publicity. For well, him, right? I, but I, no, it's dangerous for two reasons. You're already on one of them. It's dangerous because I've told the guy up front that I'm with the studio you know what I mean? Yeah. And now I'm switching and I'm saying I'm with a PR company, which is fine because like they're probably not going to commiserate a lot. These two, you know, um, it's just a, a security guard. You know what I mean? So, um, but also you're, uh, you're dropping a real company and like, you know, fucking a dude. So I go, uh, Mike's in, i with PMK. I go, listen, is there somewhere we can go and talk? to goes, um, about what? I go, listen, it's, um, it's a very special surprise for the premiere tonight. Um, it's in regards to F Gary Gray. And um, I would like to tell you, I just don't, we can't let the cat out of the bag. Like not everybody can know about this. And she was, oh, she, she, she went from like, at first, like, what are you talking about? So like, okay, if if this is for our director, then I mean, yes, I, I really wish I knew about this, you know? And so I go, listen, um, I don't want to scare you. Uh, we're now we're in an office. Okay. We're like, I'm literally sitting back and Zach's next to me. I got my leg up and I'm just going, I don't want to scare you. Um, but, uh, brace yourself because this is going to be quite an evening. Um, I know you were probably just expecting things to, you know, go, go to plan. She's what's the premiere. So they're definitely not going to, we know that I'm like, well, at this point, 16 years in the business. Yes, I definitely know that. And by the way, this is 2004. So I'm, 24 so 16 <laughs> years like I, so I what I've been, I've been PR since I was 8 <laughs> so it's hilarious and by the way I looked young then dude yeah, and I did. was in shape bro and I shaved all the time I promise you I didn't look like I've been in 16 years so I do remember Zach like a I, I grimace from Zach like are you fucking kid you're because I'm usually really on it I don't do things like switch companies that i work for i don't do things like dropping it but like i i like risky behavior i'm bipolar that's just part of i like leaning back in my chair so i go i go so anyway here's the deal i go um we have a very special surprise now as you know it's the f gary gray's birthday and she goes we were not told this i go he doesn't want a big thing made out of it however a nice surprise is coming through i go Maybe you knew, maybe you didn't know. But him and Prince have a long-standing relationship. They're very good friends. And Prince is going to stop by and sing Happy Birthday. And she goes, shut oh the fuck God. up. I go, yes. Now, listen. Now, do you understand why I needed to bring you? She goes, I. I'm assuming I can't tell anyone. I'm like, no one. She goes, what about the DJ? I go, this is what Prince has instructed. And one thing you need to know about Prince is he's a very, very particular man. She goes, I, I I mean, I've heard that. And I go, so... He's going to come in through the back door. She's, well, we need to set that up. I go, no, no, no. I go, his team has already set it up with Hollywood and Highland security. Like, don't, like, they're already aware. And she's, they haven't told us. I go, they were instructed not to. She's, okay. Uh, so what do I need to do? I go, all I need you to do is make sure that there's a mic on stage. She's, we're going to have a mic on stage. I go, I know, but it needs to be according to his height. He's a very short person. <laughs> I go, it needs to be, I think I said he's like five, two or something. Yeah. I go, he does not want to adjust it. Like before he gets on stage, she goes, of course not. And she goes, um, she goes, okay, I'm about 5'2", so I'll, I'll do it to about my level. I go, that would be great. I go, um, so just the mic needs to be on. She goes, what time will he show? I go, it's Prince. I, I, I go, "We, nobody knows. His team doesn't know. What time is he going to show? When Prince wants. And then she's well, okay. So why exactly do you need to know? I go, sweetheart, you're already forgetting the mic. She says, the mic. Okay. So is there anything else you need to do? I go, no. She goes, is there anything he prefers to drink? I go, you are not supposed to be set up as if you know he's going to go. She says, what if you want to stay? She goes, his team will walk over and tell you what happens next. I go, there's a very good chance he'll literally sing happy birthday and he'll jet. She goes, wouldn't he go over at least say hi to F. Gary Gray? I go, you don't know Prince that well. I go, and not in a public setting. I go, if anything, they'll meet later, like at an after party or something. But I go, who knows? Hey, he might bring a guitar. She's a guitar? I go, I'm kidding. I'm just saying, like, it's Prince. He's going to do what he's going to do. She says, okay. She says, so who can I tell about this? I go, you need to just tell she's people are going to want to know why I want a mic at that level and stuff. I go, you you can say there's a surprise, but you cannot say what it's for. And um, she says, Okay. Okay. And um, um, all of a sudden she um, she goes, so where are you guys going to be until then? I go, I'm going to be, we're just going to hang, you know? And so we went out and we sat sat at a table and we were just drinking like a Coke or something. And like 45 minutes has gone by. And then a woman comes over with her and she goes, "Um, this is him right here. And she goes, hi. She goes, what is your name? Oof. I go and just I mean just it's like that yeah. look of like Yeah Hey pal. Yeah. Like kinda of like the Secret Service, yeah. you know, when they call me like, <laughs> Is this Michael Douglas? You know what I mean? <laughs> So he goes, um she goes, Hi, what is your name? I go, Oh Mike St. And she goes, and where exactly is it that you said you work? I go, PMK. She goes, That's amazing. She goes, you know, I've worked at PMK since its second year of inception and for the life of me. Now I don't write payroll, um, but I don't remember you. And um even if you were a low-level person like an assistant, um, you definitely aren't at a level where you would be uh handling a client like Prince. And also Prince isn't a client. So I'm just trying to figure out why she thinks that you work for PMK. And why you think that Prince is coming here. And more than anything, why you think you can go around and orchestrate events acting on behalf of a company that I work for. And I go, we'll see ourselves out. (laughs) And she goes, that would be a good idea. (laughs) And so we just walked out. And on the way out, Zach slams his drink. He goes, "This place sucked anyway." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: oh my god, that's incredible! It was, it was insane. <laughs> I cannot believe you had the presence of mind to do that.
1: That's that's a real gift. I can man. move real fast. Move yeah. real fast. Is Zach quite on par with you in terms of that? Zach, uh, oh, <laughs> improv wise, Zach is beyond me. Zach is Zach's the funniest person I've ever met. Yeah. Um, con wise, I think even he'd say that he he couldn't con as well as me. Yeah. Um, once given the situation, he can kill it. I don't know that he can conceive it himself. Yeah. Not that he can't come up with a, a funny idea. More like just like what's what's the way in he's not the way in guy yeah got it you know uh, and rarely did we ever have him like start the con and go in actually we shot a really funny one once on the on the demo tape uh he came up with an idea called health inspector con and that was an idea where he just Wondered could we walk into a restaurant with fake badges saying we're health inspectors and end up in the kitchen asking them to make us stuff so we could sample their food and, and sample it, and so we did. Uh, and he did that one. Him and my friend Dave, another very funny guy who was on Con, Dave Keys. Um, Dave and Zach went into. There's a. I don't know if you know the valley that well, but at a uh, Vineland and um, Moore Park, there's um, there's one of those classic LA places. It's like teriyaki. Donuts and Philly cheesesteak, you know, like like it's like three things, and like and you walk in and and it's like Hispanic guys making donuts and Chinese food, and you're like what, like, yeah. and so we we thought well, this one will probably be easy. <laughs> so <laughs> Zach and Dave dressed up and like you know suit and tie and stuff, had fake badges, walked in, flashed the badges, went to the back and just fucking. Bullshit at them, like, you know. All right, we need to check your um your grills. So go ahead and um if you can make a cheeseburger um and also make a Philly cheesesteak, we want to um and they had like, you know, thermometers and shit and like fake little vials and stuff and, and then all right, we're gonna eat the food now and, and taste it and like and then they would eat all the food and then they got some food to hey, like well we can we get some stuff to go, like anything you want. You know, it's health inspectors, what are they gonna do? Tell me to go fuck themselves. Yeah, they yeah. want an A in the window. And so Zach got a bunch of food and stuff and he he I didn't do that one. Zach and Dave wanted to we I, I, we all wanted them to like when I was turning it in, like I was kind of the lead in all of them. Like I was like the Ferris Bueller and they were my um what's Ferris Bueller's sidekick name? I forget his name, yeah. Anyway. Um Well I should say so. <laughs> Whatever that guy's name is. Um what is his name? Do you remember? Ah man, yeah. it drives me nuts. Um but um they were like the sidekick a lot and so I wanted to make sure that when we pitched the show that like people saw that they could do it on their own and I wanted them to be on the show no matter what so we gave them their own con and they did that one and they fucking crushed it it's really funny now
0: did you ever and I, I, I want to tell my one con story now which I've never told before which you might because it was also Chinese man's I think I was still in school or maybe it was just out of school I went to the premiere of Vanilla Sky this is bro we're like I think we're meant to have this conversation keep going So, because my my buddy... Cameron, Cameron was the sidekick. So, that's right, Cameron. Because my buddy, Mark Feuerstein, was uh, friends with Penelope Cruz. She was dating Tom Cruise at the time. I got invited. And for me, I'm like, I'm going to a Hollywood premiere. Like, my my girlfriend at the time wanted to, like, hang out. And I was like, no, baby, this is for business. I got to go to this premiere. Because you think... You know how it is when you're in Hollywood. You think going to these things... You get exposure, like some producers are going, "Like that guy drink the gin and tonic." I got to put him in my next movie. Yeah, it's just a weird, diluted thing when yeah. you're like twenty, or whatever. And uh, so this is so funny. I go to the after party, and my head, like you go to the after party. Tom Cruise you get to do shots with Tom Cruise you get to hang out with Penelope you guys are doing isn't
1: that funny how you put you you give so much thought of like you know how the night's gonna go I'm gonna walk in I'm gonna fucking do double guns meet the guy meet the guy behind the guy and the guy behind the guy behind the guy and then like you get there like no one's talking to you you're eating crab
0: cakes and not to mention the fact I realized that at the after party like the stars don't want to hang out at the after party. It's a bunch of wannabes. No, they don't want to be there at all. They, they get their
1: photo and they leave. And then they then they go to the real party that no one's invited that, to. Yeah, no one's invited. At Tom's house. You know? So here's my big
0: opportunity to be in Hollywood for the first time. And I look around and I can tell it's all like basically extras. Literally people who were hired to dance on the dance floor and make it seem like a fun party. But no one cool is there. And I'm like, oh, everyone's a fucking wannabe. I'm where a, was the after party at?
1: It was upstairs. Of, at the Hollywood Highland Center? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the no, same, same place where A Man yeah. Apart was. Yeah.
0: So I go, oh, I'm a fucking nobody. I'm a loser. So I just grabbed a bottle of, of vodka from behind a bar because they had like little those little wheelie bars. I took it And I just started going around drinking. I get really drunk. I see an actress that I had a little crush on. Older actress. I'm not going to say her name. And I was doing a film where I played a, a Scottish soccer player. So i'm like i'm gonna be duncan from glasgow i didn't have a i couldn't do impersonation so i went and i said i said hey you're that girl from beetlejuice i don't want to out who it is but i go uh i go i go you're really funny you know you're a great actress my accent was definitely better than this right
1: now like i haven't done you, you your accent. accents are good dude so so i can't goes, do accents by the way i do was, impressions uh, but not accents she goes
0: oh where are you from I said, oh i'm, I'm from uh, i'm from glasgow she was like oh i did a film in glasgow she's like where? I was like, oh just like downtown you probably don't know it And I'm like, oh shit! Like right away, specifics. So it ended up, for some reason. Also, when you're drunk, it helps the Scottish accent, just without. Oh, I believe that. So we just start, and then we start passing the bottle back and forth. And meanwhile, she's dressed to the nines. She's alone. Totally hot. I mean, like for me, she was, but you know, no. So, but yeah, I was like definitely thinking. At one point, it got a little like intimate. Like, she starts telling me about her marriage. And she tells me that her husband has been cheating on her with a secretary. Now, this is probably about an hour into a conversation as I'm dunking. And I go, I shouldn't know this. I shouldn't. And I started feeling like, oh, fuck. What? Like, this is really intense. Now I'm in it. And I said, what? I said, why are you? You're like dressed in lines. You look great. What are you doing here by yourself? And that's how she told me. And then... I went right into that gear where I go, you know what? Fuck your husband. You should maybe take me home with you tonight.
1: Shut up. Yeah.
0: So I was talking about walking I the said, plank. You want to get revenge on him? Let's take me back. And she goes, Well, I have a babysitter now. So if you came back to my place, I'd probably have to sneak you in the back. And I could probably do it. I just have to like make a, a phone call uh, or figure it out or something. I'm like, oh, fuck it. We'll do it. It'll be fun. It'll be like an adventure. Let's do it. It's going to happen. I'm going to go home. And I'm like, <laughs> you know. Little did I know, Mark Forstin hadn't left. This is hours into the party. I thought he was long gone. He walks up. He goes, hey, hey, Bill. And he was famous enough-ish that maybe she recognized him. So he called me Bill, first of all. Fucking Duncan he goes oh i'm gonna take off and i go so i'm like fuck i have to answer him as me but she has to hear the scottish guy so i gotta do a weird hybrid <laughs> accent otherwise you're gonna get a bill what the fuck are you doing so i did like a kind of like oh sorry, let's go i'll get myself home i'll get myself home. and he goes
1: oh you're doing the scottish thing oh my god Oh, I'm so uncomfortable and I'm not even there right now. So. It's been 20 years and I'm so uncomfortable with this.
0: The look on this woman's face, she she folded and she just had this look like, you could just like processing everything, like what the fuck oh, is you going know, on? No, you
1: want to know what she was doing. Kevin Spacey at the end of Usual Suspects, the fucking Chaz Parliamentary when the fucking <laughs> when the when the mug is falling and Ch- remember like and all of a sudden he's realizing that Spacey's been lying the whole yep. movie. He's like, Oh yeah, I knew this, this barbershop quartet from Skokie, Illinois And he's like, ah. and
0: then she goes She takes a beat, she looks and she goes You're an actor, aren't you? And I go no, no, he's just taking the piss out of me. She goes, and you know him. I go, yeah, just from like study abroad program. Like I, I barely know the guy. And she goes, you're an actor doing character work, aren't you? And I, she, I probably had like a little bit of a hint of a smile. I was like, no, no, he just likes to bust my balls. I'm, I'm from Glasgow. I told you, we've, we've been talking like, when are we going to, are we going to leave? Now? <laughs> and she goes. That was some of the best character work I've seen. Congratulations. And she went to shake my hand. I was like, "No, like you're not leaving." I was just like, "I'm going to go, but good job. You really got me." And she shook my hand and she walked away. And I felt a combination of triumphant <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> but also, also, a little, also a little shitty. I felt shitty. Yeah. And I knew that she wasn't going to talk about it. I knew I wasn't going to go around telling people about it. Um, so I always wanted to m- see her again and be like, hey, by the way, remember the premiere? Yeah, I remember when like I- maybe, like in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna, we work. It would be not, I've worked with people she's worked with a lot. And I kept thinking I was gonna, I've never seen her. I've seen her on What's TV. I can't say, man. I just can't say. But you'll
1: tell me afterwards. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay, right, cool. Um, I think aren't I supposed to tell you something afterwards too? Well, uh-huh. I held something. We'll back figure to, out. Okay. So
0: so, but I've never seen. I mean, maybe before I die, I will. So I guess that leads me to the question: Are there any of the celebrities that you did ha- that you conned, that you spoke to as another celebrity that you want to bump into? And be like, hey man, remember when it was actually me and you thought it was Vince Vaughn? It was me and you thought it was Owen Wilson. Did you ever want to kind of say years later, go? Hey, by the way, Arnie, remember that thing? I don't think I want to tell
1: Schwarzenegger. Okay, Um,
0: I would get that. Yeah, I understand that. But there are other people that Something about him maybe,
1: you know, (laughs) plowing into my face. Um, Well, look, my number one man crush, my number one movie star, my number one influence of making me want to do this... Is Harrison Ford? Yeah, uh, I like my house is like a shrine to him. I have Harrison Ford shit all over him and Nicholson, and so if I if I felt like it would make us closer and butts, like I don't. But if, if I felt like it was gonna make him hate me, I would never want him to know. Yeah, you know. So which is why I've thought about not releasing it because I mean I well, want to work for this So my experience, bad. this lady was very impressed that I was able to do it. I think this lady's probably a little different than Harrison Ford. Yeah, of course,
0: how. Well, would I have to suck your dick for you to put the Harrison Ford, Michael <laughs> Douglas conversation on this podcast? How much money, how much ball stroking with the dick oh sucking? What could I fucking do? Anyway, let's... Let, let me think about, about that.
1: Think about how that. long do we have till this post?
0: Whatever you want, man. We can wait. We can sit on it. We can push it whenever we want. Anyway, it, it, it... Let me think look, about that. Okay, we'll talk about it afterwards, but... <laughs> so... um. We're having a little sidebar. So I uh, so there's so no one so no one has other than the Secret Service thing and has anyone ever like for example, Michael Douglas, have you met him?
1: Whoa, that's really strong.
0: <coughs> Sorry. I've never really vaped before, I just vaped. Um, I mean, that means you're gonna die in five or two weeks, according to the CDC. There's nothing weird in that though. Right? CDC. Aren't people just dying from vapes all of a sudden?
1: that's like stronger than I thought I can't believe how much of that you can get in your lungs that's crazy what were we saying okay so um have you met Michael Douglas yes
0: does he know that you do impersonation no
1: I met him in 2001 or two the America's Sweetheart premiere America's Sweetheart's premiere okay which I snuck into Yeah, yeah yeah um well man these stories
0: are awesome I feel like uh we could. I could talk to you all night. You've been here long. I know you have a family and I do have family. stuff to get to. So uh, are there any other stories you want to tell? Is there anything else you want to talk about? What, what's going on for you? What's, what's next for you?
1: Uh, I've just been doing a lot of voiceover. Um, I'm a voiceover. I'm the voice of a chicken on the Sanderson Farms commercials. It's this chicken company. I do that. I do a lot of Taco Bell voiceovers. Um, uh, my show Comedy Rocks is on hiatus right now, but I'm going to uh, relaunch it at um a club either the improv or the laugh factory very soon um it's been at the comedy store for the last two and a half years and before that it was at the improv for like you know seven years yeah um but um uh i just did season two of corporate on comedy central so that was a lot of fun just shot a guest star for abc uh, for a show called the rookie um, and my scenes with Nathan Fillion, have you ever met him? Nathan Fillion? No, he was on castle. Remember him? I know exactly who was, Yeah. He's amazing. Um, just did that. And then, um, yeah, I'm getting ready to do a role in a movie called the retaliators. Um, uh, it's a horror film, uh, that these great writers named Darren gear and Jeff Allen wrote. And so I'm getting ready to do that. And I feel like I'm missing something, but, uh, yeah, you know, did you ever think about
0: a reboot of Khan, a reboot of that Fox Pot, or something, another version of that con Skylar.
1: Yeah. I have something I'm developing right now called Skylar of service, but it's going to be more Robin hood. Like, yeah the bad boy doing good type thing. That makes sense, yeah. You know, so doing that, still doing the bad boy stuff, but all with like a greater good to it. That's a great idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like conning somebody, but to get a kid with cancer into an event. or Or, you know, uh, getting uh, Eminem to call a kid whose brother died. Like a prank make a wish show. Yeah. It's basically that. great idea. So I'm working on that right now, and it's also going to be a podcast. So um, I'm going to launch a podcast called that. And, um, yeah, that's, um, that's
0: the plan. Well, dude, thank you for coming by,
1: man. Skylar,
0: you are, you're like an amazing dude, man. I love you, dude. I'm I love so you too, you man. Came. You and,
1: said uh, earlier, you said, you said, uh, you know, we're not that close, but see, I think we are, it, we're just like, you, there's this style of friend that you end up with in LA, like modern friends, like, you know, we're busy here, so we don't really get to hang out a lot, but you and I have got on the phone sometimes and talked for like an hour before yeah. and I, I i don't think you talk to someone for an hour that you're not good friends with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's uh, i have some friends that I've only texted with. We've never been on the phone and, together.
0: And there's some friends too, where I've known people for a, like, I mean, Mark is a perfect example. As long as I've known Mark Forrestine, every time I see him, I have to like reap, reboot, the machine. I have to plug it in. It's almost like I have to restart the friendship yeah. and almost convince no, we him. Pick a,
1: fr- we pick, yeah, as, yeah, I just yeah, feel like we left we're off. like,
0: whatever. It feels like I hung out with you yesterday. You
1: know, it's just, it's just tough because, um, we all get in our lanes and so we got a lot to do. You know, I, you've like, while you were going through that real estate nightmare in New York, I was going through, you know, a pregnancy nightmare yeah. with, with Nicole and the twins. So it's just, we just get caught up, you know, but uh, I don't know. I feel like I run into the comics I'm supposed to, and we have the conversations we're supposed to. Uh, it is funny to watch some comics change with success. Uh, yes. I've seen that. Um, and then it's weird. There's also some guys. That get nicer the more famous they get. Yeah, a great That's example. Of that should be, I think. I, I feel like someone that really handled his fame well and has never changed and has just gotten even nicer and more gracious is Adam Devine. Yeah. I've never had a problem with Adam Devine. i never heard of someone having a problem with Adam Devine. Yeah. Um, Adam's a great example of that. Um, you know, it's weird. Dane, when he first got famous, really was handling it well and was getting nicer. He went through some hard times. Brothers stole money, parents died, and yeah. the hater aid of, of the public. So he definitely went through a dark period after that. But I, for a long time, I used to always say, like, Dan's fucking handled this really well, you know, and, and and he's a true warrior in a lot of ways. Um, I think Dalia's handled it well. Um, there's just some guys, though, I probably shouldn't mention it, but there's just some people that I've really feel like I'm like, bro, you need to chill the fuck out. Yeah. No, all that's no. happening for you is you're making more money right now. And that's all it is. And by the way, I've been there and it can go right the fuck away real fucking fast. Yeah. You know, like, uh, my voice server agent, uh, Jeff Danis, I love this quote. He said, um, he goes, uh, I've seen it all. Like, what do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, I get him on the way up. And I get him on the way down. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, they leave me once they get there and they come back going, I'm so sorry, Jeff. Can I come back? <laughs> he's like, I've seen it all. You know, and he's he's an old timer, dude. He, he Yeah, it's funny.
0: Yeah. They always say, be nice to the people going up because you're going to meet him on the way
1: going down. And then uh, Shai McBride, you know him? Actor, Shai McBride? Mm-mm. He's a black guy that was in uh, Waiting with me. On the set of Waiting in New Orleans, he said, um, uh, he was Skyler just make sure you know what the four stages of Hollywood are. Hmm. I go, shy. what are the four stages of Hollywood? He goes, who is Skylar Stone? Get me Skylar Stone. Get me a younger Skylar Stone. Skylar who? Wow. (laughs) And when he said that, I was like, oh, Oh damn. That would hit me in the gut. (laughs) 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 Oh, that can we great, just stay man. in the get me Skylar Stone base? <laughs> yeah, that sounds exactly. like a fun one. <laughs>
0: uh. Well, that's great, man. Maybe uh, maybe sometime we'll come back and we can talk about the dark stuff, but this was the fun
1: stuff, man. Oh, we could do dark stuff for sure. Yeah. We'll come back and talk about going down to, um, uh, you know, I went down to the Ibogaine Institute in um, Rosarito um, and uh, what's now called uh, the Enzelmo Wellness. Enzelmo Ibogaine Center. Enzelmo uh, Ibogaine Center. And... Um, I I was down there two years ago, and uh, it's a great place where you get a lot of time to find yourself. It's not like a Malibu rehab, and I mean that in a good way. I don't mean that there's – I mean, it is. There's views. There's the ocean. There's great food. I mean, you're in Mexico. You're going to eat some of the best food you've ever had in your life, but it's not – you're, you're not there to solely get your ass kissed. And a lot of people sign up to go to rehab where they just get their ass kissed. And then when they get out, they're like, wait, hold on a second. So wait, the, the world doesn't Isn't care that I'm sober no? now? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. There's no red carpet? Because they were funny. really fucking cool to me in there. And it's not that they're not cool to you in Mexico. It's just it's a more realistic version of yes. it, there is pampering going on. There There is, is you know, you're going to do qigong you're gonna do kundalini but it's pampering of yourself it's not like you know Mm -hmm. put your feet up and we're gonna massage your feet although we did have massages there so (laughs) but um (laughs) so um but um we it's a plant medicine uh journey and um make no mistake uh ibogaine dmt and ayahuasca are not drugs they are plant medicine you know because i've had some people go wait you went to mexico to do drugs to get off drugs like nope 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 medicine this is stuff that's been around for centuries and this is stuff that people have used in all sorts of cultures in peru and in, in, in africa and all sorts of places and they've been giving it to even their children like as a rite of passage when when boys are whatever 10 or 11 stuff it, 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 these are vision quests these are like this is real deal shit you know what i mean when i was young i watched the doors and i love that movie i love mm-hmm. all of oliver stone movies and um Not all of them. There's a couple of stinkers. The last five specifically. Um, But uh, I remember just being fascinated that Jim Morrison had an obsession. It's weird. He wanted to get sober, if you really think about it. Mm -hmm. But even though he never really kind of talked about it, the types of realness he was aiming for, you can't get, you know, if you're going to keep being a fall down drunk or a drug addict. So he really was craving something higher. He was just so addicted and he, he just never got out. But in that movie, Oliver really played with like, you know, his obsession with American Indians and his obsession with peyote and, 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 um, just trips, true trips, not not lines, not rails, like fucking trips where you can find yourself. And I remember going, like, I, w- I want to go in the desert like that. I want to have my version of that. Well, I got to have that. It wasn't the version I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was going to be at the peak of my Hollywood fame, like me and some guys are going to the desert and do, you know, acid or something. Not that I ever did it, and I never did. But, um... My version was I had to go out and I had to get my yayas yeah, out. I had to piss off a lot of people. I had to get fifty one fifties, jail, restraining orders, you know, uh, psychiatric holds, all sorts of things, and you know, and then hit my rock bottom, and then almost lose my wife and kids, and then finally realized, like, oh, this is a real rock bottom. This is what Eminem talks about in, in, in that song, Rock Bottom, and and I got you know down to uh, to Mexico, crawling, begging, and uh, when I come back, I would love to tell you. What it was like to go down there yeah. with a raised eyebrow, you know, like, what is this shit? What sure. is this fucking ayahuasca? What is this hippie, dippy bull? Bo- like, suck my dick. And also a lot of fear, like very scared yeah this is a guy that's never done acid this is a guy that like Molly is different like, when you do Molly dude, you're still in control of you course. just want to fuck everything and lick everything and talk yeah. about your childhood and, and and talk about you know Transformers and Kool-Aid and <laughs> Slip and Slides and just like have a good time right and fuck and whatever um, and cocaine you just want to talk about you know you want to do Rails all night and say who's better actor Lance Hendrickson or Eric Roberts you know <laughs> And weed, you just want to fucking eat Cheetos. So, so I had never done something where you're going to step inside your soul. You know what I mean? I just yeah. did shit that made Coachella more fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was crazy. Um, there, There's there's a lot of stories. And um, the craziest part is to talk about all the things that are not coincidences and the numbers and the names and the feelings. and the. There's an entire journey. Because when you are ready for ayahuasca, it calls you. You don't call it. Like I, I may have called... You know, uh, the 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 uh, Ibogaine Institute, and I may have said, you know, I need help, but like, there, this was not the first time someone tried to get me to do Ibogaine and ayahuasca. Like, the first time I got sober in 2015, someone tried to get me to go down there, and I said, fuck that, I'm going to Malibu. There's this rehab. I was Annie Dick's roommate, and I was fucking kicking my feet up, like I said, getting my ass kissed, and that's not, that's, that's no way to get sober, dude. Yeah. When I got out, man, I was like, where's my red carpet? Uh-huh. So, when I ended up down here, you know, in 2017 after my relapse and I, and I attempted my second time of getting sober, which is I'm still in right now, two and a half years in, you know, uh, it called me, it, it called me and, and it, and it was, it was dude, it's, it's a hell of a story. So yeah. I'd love to come back.
0: Absolutely, man. Hey, Skylar, thank you so much for giving me your time. And, uh, you know, hope I see you soon, man.
1: It's so buddy. funny if you're like, oh man, we didn't record. <laughs> <laughs> Can I shout out my Twitter? And yeah, 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 of course. All right. At, the Skylar Stone on Twitter and Instagram again at The Skylar Stone, Skyler Stone Skyler's S-K-Y-L-E-R alright bye bye hello Harrison yes hey Michael Douglas Michael how are you good how you doing
2: I'm doing fine doing fine how's life life oh uh, you know life's life, life. You eating breakfast? No, no. Up early, I am. Where are you? You say Billings, in Montana?
1: Yeah, I'm up here. Uh, so I thought of you. Thought of thought of my my aunt used to live here, and uh, then I was like, hey, you know, you're always up here, flying around helicopters saving people. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need saving, Michael? Yeah. Could you could you pick me up? I'm uh, on top of a church. <laughs> I'm on a steeple.
2: Yeah. No, I'm in uh I'm in LA and I sold
1: my helicopter. Hey, what uh why'd you sell it?
2: I sold it 'cause I've been sit- it sits on the ground for uh, you know, so much time and uh and uh it's I got seven aircraft and it's kind of a... It's a an unreconcilable expense to sit there all that time. Costs two hundred and fifty thousand dollars
1: just for insurance for the year. Two hundred and fifty thousand. Wow.
2: Yeah. Anyway, what are you doing up there? You, I mean, your aunt. You're up there
1: just hanging uh, out. Yeah, just hanging out, uh, taking a little R and R. Brought Catherine up here, just trying to, you know. Sometimes you got to leave LA and just figure things out.
2: You think? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Me too. Are you, uh, uh, you going to be up uh, here anytime soon or are you down in L.A. for no, a
2: while? No, I'm working. I'm working between here and New Orleans. And then as soon as I finish
1: uh, in New Orleans, I go on to one in Atlanta. What are you, uh, um, Indiana Jones 19?
2: No, I wish. I wish. It's about the only way to make money these days. Um, no, it's... <laughs> actually, it's a good... The, the next one's a really good one. It's... Uh, it's uh, the Jackie Robinson story, basically. Jackie Robinson coming into white baseball.
1: Oh, yeah. It's called like 42 or something?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's yeah. right. I knew that. That's right.
2: And I'm, I'm excited about that. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. Nice. Good, script, good director. Every once in a while, you do something that makes you think about it a little bit. I like it.
1: Yeah, for every uh, for every free Willie we have to do, we get to go do a nice historical picture and go. Hey, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah.
2: Are you working uh, these days?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just um, just getting ready to do a couple things. Uh, me and Danny are working on something. Uh, getting uh-huh. back to town. Uh, but uh, I'll be uh, I'll be back there in probably like a week. Uh, if you'll be around, we should uh, you know maybe go out go karting or something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. I'll be around. Uh, I'm in and out. So I go down there for a week or so, and then I come back. I'm here for you know a week, then I go back. It's one of those deals. Nice. uh, For for this one. So give me a call. All
1: All right, I'll hit you up. Love to see you. All Uh, right. You have a good one. You take care of yourself. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode of The After Laugh. If you liked it, make sure you give it five stars on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please spread the word. Thank you so much for supporting, and check out our other podcasts on the Laugh Factory Network, Fanatics, with Sean Joshi.
1: It's the After Laugh, After Laugh. Welcome to the After Laugh, After Laugh, After Laugh. After Laugh, man.
0: (laughs) Go ahead, pull up a chair. (laughs)